0: Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm an
1: obligatory comment about Red Dead Redemption 2, which will be pretty much immediately outdated once this podcast is released. Thank you. Good
0: night. I mean, I'm
1: Alex. And this week,
0: we're going to talk about... The best
1: part is I don't even have a PlayStation 4.
0: I mean, isn't it on Xbox? Is it? I think so. Oh,
1: I thought that was an exclusive. Never mind. What have
0: you done? <laughs> um well then I have no excuse. I have to get it now. <laughs> Correct. You can't make an obligatory reference to it. Anyway. Um uh, So solo
1: a Star Wars story. We're talking about solo
0: a Star Wars story.
1: Um it's gonna be interesting getting into our thoughts on this one. Let's see let's see how controversial our thoughts on Star Wars be, are now. It might be fairly
0: controversial. <laughs>
1: So Solo, a Star Wars story Directed by Ron Howard Mostly Sure It has a 70% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes And a 64% audience score Tyler (laughs) How much better is this movie than The Last Jedi? (laughs)
0: Seven Final answer Locking it in, Trebek uh, Yeah um, you, did, you didn't ask me what my best and worst thing was So I, I feel like I can't.
1: I wanted to get your thoughts before I asked you when your best well, and worst thing, thing my was I, I'm not going
0: to get my thoughts They're a secret They will be slowly <laughs> Revealed like a uh, A meticulous uh, Final act plotted with Backstabs and betrayals uh, Over the course of this episode and by that I mean, I mean like,
1: like a, you mean a good regular old Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Sure, <laughs> it's constantly subverting my expectations. That's what I was
0: going for. I was trying to make a new Star Wars meme. Dang it! Uh, I'm just gonna. No, I'm just gonna not allowed forge ahead. Um, my best thing now. Let's let oh okay, hold on.
1: Okay. Let's let's give some people some context because obviously we're not doing this. We're not recording this with the other Star Wars movies. True. Like we've just True. finished most of the Mission Impossible movies, and we're, yes. we're kind of on a break before Fallout comes out. Um, so, t- Tyler, what are your general thoughts on Star Wars in terms of the movies, not the fan base?
0: Okay. Um, the The first just to three give people some context. First three are pretty good. Pretty good. I don't have like a. I have a lot more. I mean, I've talked about this many times, but I have a lot more nostalgia for Star Wars as a concept than like for the movies specifically. It's like the Star Wars That's universe it. has always been yeah. more what what intrigued me and what I always because I never really watched the movies. I mean, I I had watched them, but I never like put them on repeat as a kid. You right. know, I I don't I don't think I ever actually owned them. Um, and so I just kind of saw them when they came on or whatever. And it was a lot more about like oh those massive like uh, coffee table encyclopedia Star Wars encyclopedia books and uh, you know the Wikipedia and the the Lego Star Wars games like that's that's where my nostalgia for Star Wars comes for comes from is that universe, um, and so rewatching like last time we re- rewatched them it was like well they're just movies but they're pretty good movies uh, I like the first two obviously quite a bit as most people do third one right. is is also pretty good I think um prequels are all just terrible it's fine moving along. Uh, Force Awakens is also pretty good. Last Jedi is also pretty good. <laughs> Rogue One, I forgot about that one. It's pretty good, I guess. Maybe not quite as pretty good, but it's fine. I think the fact that you
1: forgot about it says <laughs> I, says I downgraded it to fine, okay? I think I gave it, it the same...
0: Great. what did I give that? Let's see. I might have given that the same grade as Last Jedi. Rogue One, you give B. Okay. I think I gave Last Jedi a B.
1: Last Jedi give B. All
0: right. It stands. Rogue One is fine. Um, but yeah. Uh, that is how I feel about the movies. <clears throat> I've. I had many revelations after watching Last Jedi. Because I absolutely it loved it. was a
1: religious experience yes, for I you. I
0: absolutely loved that coming out of the theater. And I was like, I finally understand why people. Because I never really had, like, this strong emotional connection to Star Wars as far as its characters go. It had always been. Oh, the background and the, the, the ships are cool. The world, more and, than the yeah. characters. And the so story. I was finally like, I get Star Wars. I see why people really like this stuff. And then I turn around and everyone's like, no, you should hate this Star Wars. That's not Star Wars. And I was like, oh, okay. Um,
1: Thank you for your patronage.
0: <laughs> yes. And I held on to that for a while and was very uh, anti-Last anti Jedi <laughs> for a while. Uh, and then Infinity War came out and I was kind of like, oh, wait. Is a little more what I was thinking Last Jedi was, but upon rewatch, it does what I like about Last Jedi a lot better than Last Jedi does. Um, and and just between that and discussions with you over time, my, my opinion sort of dripped on it. But it's still, I, I think it's pretty good. And more importantly, it's led me to realize that I don't think anybody knows what Star Wars is. Uh, Star Wars is a franchise seeped in... It's I think it's I feel like it's the only franchise that is steeped in as much nostalgia as th- it is because of the fact that there are like multiple extended cycles of nostalgia. I mean, we've talked I've I've mentioned yeah. this, my, this theory before, but the fact that like you had the Star Wars in the late 70s early 80s, then you had Star Wars again in the the sort of late 90s early early 2000s um and then you had it again at the end of the, the, the teens here or mid, midway point of the teens um, and it's just like I think you've just they they've, and of course in between like all of this you have constant expanded universe stuff with the comics and the TV shows and uh, the novels and everything and I, I think it's all just completely broken the Star Wars fan base as a whole and because of that I kind of realized I don't like Star Wars that much Um, even though all the movies are fine, I just, it's, it's just so much of a, we put, we put it on too high of a pedestal. I, I really think we do, um, because nothing could ever be worth the pedestal that Star Wars has put on and nothing in Star Wars is worth, like, like there, there's no movie which Empire is basically the only movie which Star Wars, uh, fans point to as like, that's the the one that got everything right and it's it's basically just fans want to see Empire over and over again every time they go to watch Star Wars in the movie theater Um, that's completely oversimplifying people have nuanced opinions about Star Wars movies and I get that but my overall temperature of the Star Wars fan base is that I don't want to be a part of it
1: people also didn't know what to make of Empire when it came out Mm -hmm. back in the 80s -hmm. and I'm just saying give Last Jedi another 10 years
0: you know what's interesting I had that thought about Last Jedi, right? We talked about that. Correct. Might be. Are you
1: are you are you segueing it? Are, are you doing? Are you doing a thing? Be
0: better applied to Solo, a Star Wars story.
1: Oh my god, he did a thing.
0: Because this movie, it, it's not so much that. I mean, people. It was it was kind of lukewarm in its reception, and people did not like. I I feel like there's not a lot of vitriol for this. Um, the
1: it's more just people don't care. Yeah, people
0: didn't see it because. Last Jedi broke it was, everyone.
1: It was the perfect storm yes. of of people not caring. Because you already had... It's a solo movie. A Han Solo film. A young Han Solo film. Nobody cares if it's not Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. So you already got that going for you. Production behind-the-scenes news is a nightmare. They have to replace the directors with Ron Howard, Mm -hmm. and apparently uh, Alden Ehrenreich can't act, and he's got an improv coach or an acting Mm -hmm. coach because the previous directors had him doing too much improv. So apparently that's a total disaster. So people are expecting a a terrible movie. Um, Then, then of course, you have The Last Jedi, uh, you know, the rejection of that film by a a significant portion of the fan base um whether or not it's actually a minority or not i don't know (laughs) i don't know what what the percentage is of people who actually like that movie it's simultaneously
0: all and none of the star wars (laughs) there
1: you go nobody hates star wars more like star wars fanboys And then you also just had general Star Wars burnout by the public because there's too much Star Wars stuff and they should have pushed it to the end of 2018. Not only is there too much Star Wars stuff. Not the summer.
0: uh, This feels like the most cash grabby of all the Star Wars stuff that's come out so far by Disney. It's the most like, oh, they're really just milking it now. They're, you know. Yeah. Um,
1: That being said, what is your best thing and your worst thing about Solo? A Star Wars story.
0: My best thing I I think I'd have to go with the cast. Um and and that's that's Alden Ehrenreich Reich uh front and center. Um He has
1: just a like it's spoil spoiler alert, my best thing will be Alden Aaron. Okay, yeah.
0: Um he has just such a Who could who would have guessed yeah, that? Like such a great evocation of of, he's amazing yeah like it's not it's not doing a Harrison Ford impression but he he gets the mannerisms he gets the the kind of the way he gets the 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 tone of his voice right the way he says things the pronunciations it
1: it, it reminds me of like a Chris Pine William Shatner type deal with young Kirk where it's like he's not straight up just doing an impression Mm -hmm. but he's you can you can pick up a, a couple of subtle nuances where you're like, oh, okay, I yeah. see how, how this guy eventually becomes this guy. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. And, uh, like, clearly he's a lot younger than... Uh, well, I mean, he may not even be younger, but he looks a lot younger than than Harrison Ford uh, yeah. in New Hope. But, man, I, like, it's, it's it's... There's a little bit of cognitive dissonance there where you're trying to, like, think, alright, how does this guy really age quite into looking like that? But there's a point I'd say pretty quickly and the most people I've talked to have felt the same way where pretty quickly you kind of forget about that like you you just start to yeah. be like yeah that's that's Han Solo um,
1: it becomes a non-issue yes
0: he's he's just really good uh, the, and, and we'll, there are numerous moments we'll have to talk about He's he's got the charm well, he's got the, well, the humor it's
1: kind of like it's kind of like Michael Fassbender to Ian McKellen mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, with the X-Men movies it's like Michael Fassbender doesn't look a thing like yeah. Ian McKellen yeah and you're just kind of like in McKellen's old, maybe give it a few years.
0: <laughs> Increasingly <laughs> less likely as uh they just shoot towards the two thousands there, but um, yeah, no, and uh, so so obviously he's great, and we'll talk. We can talk about him more. I'm sure you have more specific points about why you want him to be your best thing. Um, he's awesome, he's very good. But also, you've got Amelia Clark, um, who this is probably her best performance outside of, and maybe including Game of Thrones. <laughs> Um.
1: Once again, she's one of those actresses where if you let her use her accent, I yeah. feel like she just yeah. It well, it's just funny because I, I believe I talked about this in our Terminator Genesis review, where where I brought up both her and Jai Courtney. I'm like, you force them to use these American <laughs> accents, and they're just the blandest human beings on the planet, right? But then you let them use it, like like Captain Boomerang and Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. where he's kind of the best character in that terrible movie, mm-hmm. um. Because he's the only one that really feels like he's having fun. Um, And then here, she's so charismatic. Mm -hmm. Like, I I just enjoy her immensely. I'm like, she's just got got charm. And she's got... Even Game of of Thrones, I feel like, just because of the character she's playing more so than her, I feel like that character just doesn't require charm.
0: Yeah. And she's also... In a way that this character does. In Game of Thrones, she's also pretty... Maybe not rough, but I no. I think that's probably about right. Uh, early on, in, in Game of Thrones, I mean, she definitely has grown a lot in that role. Right, but yeah, like in this one, she's she's got depth, and I I feel for her, and I can I can see the wheels turning, and, and I can she she does a lot with her her expressions and her her mannerisms and body language to really just like create this character that is just like completely. Out of the the same brain space as Alden's Han Solo, like like I, their relationship is excellent and their chemistry is excellent because it because it's well so... it's one of
1: those it's one of those cases where I feel like it's more the actors are just doing a better exactly. job than 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 the material necessarily because they don't get I don't feel like they get enough screen time yeah. together, um, just on a story level. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think their chemistry really yes. carries. They make so much of it. that relationship. Um, like if you had Jai Courtney playing Han Solo and then you had her, but you forced her to use an American accent, this would be the worst movie ever made. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're probably right. Um, and hey, you know, I know, you know what's funny? Uh, as I'm in the middle of. Eh, you know what's funny? As I'm in the middle of this uh, discussion of what a great cast uh, this movie has and how it it maybe elevates them beyond the source material. Right. Sounds like uh, maybe a trilogy released in the uh, late late '70s, early '80s uh, that I'm familiar with. Uh, that you know was was based around a relatively simple, bare bones story and was just a, a fun romp through the galaxy. And uh, because of its characters, ended up creating a a. Uh, it's not really international, because this, this franchise doesn't do very well internationally. But an American uh, icon and phenomenon, because the, the cast of characters was so brilliant and, and just...
1: The Chinese don't understand Star Wars, but they'll go see Transformers and Fast
0: and the Furious. They translate a little better, I think.
1: Sure! <laughs> you, whatever you say! You don't say. need to
0: understand as much as what I'm saying. Um, I say that, I've never watched a Fast and the Furious movie in my life which we may have to change soon. I'm priming you. We have to do it at some point. Um, anyway. Sure. The uh, uh, Obviously, Woody Harrelson um, It's quite good. He, he plays a very similar Woody Harrelson character to many of the other Woody Harrelson, Harrelson characters he has played. Um, if you've never seen him in True Detective, then I've caught you because that means you've never seen True Detective and you need to go watch that, like, right now. Um, season one obviously don't don't bother with I'll have to
1: I'll definitely have to watch it before the next Bond movie comes out if they do indeed keep that showrunner as the director of that film yeah that's a thing who knows
0: (laughs) Um, but yeah that series is excellent in large part because of Woody Harrelson and obviously more more importantly uh, Matthew McConaughey but still Woody Harrelson very good in that Um, he's very good in this he he does it again the relationship he's
1: wonderful in that after credits scene of venom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that i didn't see (laughs) uh the where he says it'll be carnage and then you go oh he said the thing and everyone can i have my money back please
0: (laughs) it was fine we'll have to talk about it soon that's another thing that you have to you have to prepare no um you can't will, do will, this to I me. I will give you
1: I will give you Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom or Venom. You're not getting both out of me.
0: What if we do them both in the same podcast and I make you watch them back to back?
1: That episode will end in my death. <laughs> 5 minutes in. It might start with my death.
0: <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> other but there's a lot of really interesting relationships in it because like between um Tobias and Han in this. Like, they, their relationship is very interesting, especially as we get towards the betrayals and backstabs at the end. And, yeah. uh, obviously Chewbacca is Chewbacca. Not really a whole lot to say about th- the casting of that, but, um, he's, he's great. Anyway, um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Maybe I'm not. You're missing all oh, three. Oh. And Lando. L- Lando would, would be the significant, uh, person there. Yes. Uh, Dear Lord, is he so good? Donald Glover. Um
1: Well, I've I've heard the complaint that he does too much of an impression of Billy D. Williams versus Alden Ehrenreich not exactly right. doing an impression of Han Solo.
0: Yeah. Or Harrison Ford. Um how do you how do you feel about that? I would uh say wrong. <laughs>
1: Uh, in large I, I part, think
0: in some parts he lays it on a little too thick but In I'm large okay part because I don't think it's possible To do too much of an impression of Billy Dee Williams Because uh, Billy Dee Williams is awesome Especially when you're Donald Glover Because he's I will never get
1: over replacing him as Two-Face mm-hmm. With freaking Tommy Lee Jones
0: mm-hmm. Who is terrible um, in Batman Forever But But yeah, like I'll never let it go Donald Glover is just... Like, like the he's so much fun to watch in this movie. Yeah. Like he's he's just incredibly entertaining, uh, and that's why I don't really mind about the laying it on thick because I I mean he's he's just
1: yeah I don't know he's excellent. And then we'll have to talk about L three. Yeah, and
0: I'm just talking about the the, the main people cast,
1: saying that social justice warriors are ruining Star Wars.
0: <laughs> is that Do we need to get is into that? that, that? What they say? Do they say that about this movie?
1: I mean, between this and Last Jedi, <laughs> and Last
0: Jedi is obviously that's the whole other story. But, man. Anyway, um, best thing is the cast there, and what's, obviously what's Han and Lando together is great. It's 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 great.
1: Yeah. Um, what what is your, your your worst thing? Um.
0: Yeah, what's weird is that uh, am I, this isn't going to be like a significant issue with the movie necessarily. I mean I think I'll have stuff along the way to say that I don't like uh, but I think if I was just looking at like an overall thing that I, the thing that would most improve the movie I feel like you could probably cut it down some more. Um, not a ton but I think this is a, I mean first of all this movie is mercifully 2 hours and 15 minutes which for your your standard Hollywood blockbuster is just incredibly efficient um, compared to oh I don't know Transformers or like see any other big budget I mean you, you got your your DCU you, um, that sort of thing like it's just so nice with how many completely bloated movies we watch um, and I, I went to our usual whipping post there but there's always uh, I feel like Alien Covenant this could apply to and the, the, kind of the recent Alien movies there's just a lot of franchises that we cover where we're just like oh god we want it to be over and this one it's like we know what we got we got a fun romp we're going to make that happen for you and they do it and I feel like you could still cut out a little bit more because it's so efficient like it becomes to the point where if you streamline this a little bit more I think it would be like an even more enjoyable experience Um, just because of uh, like any, any bit of slowdown sort of sort of drags the entire movie uh, just because it's moving along at such a fast pace
1: I realize that I feel like this movie should either be shorter or a lot longer. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I don't want it to be longer. I think I think it's 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 overall pretty good in terms of pacing and, and just and yeah. But
1: I think it should either be like a three part epic or like an hour, forty five minute, two hour, just two like hours short is, adventure is what film. Thinking. Two
0: hour is kinda of where I'm where I'm leaning. Even two hundred five, that'd be good.
1: Or a three hour
0: epic. <laughs> None of that. <clears throat> Might start to wear me like. at that point. I like it. <laughs> all right. What's your best and worst thing?
1: I've already said my best thing. I'm not changing that. It's all Alton Ehrenreich.
0: You're not going to say any more, though? You don't have any other He thoughts?
1: single-handedly makes me want to see more Han Solo movies. Mm-hmm. I
0: never thought mm-hmm. I would say that.
1: Mm-hmm. Single-handedly. Yeah. He's just great. hmm Even if he, he, you know, he doesn't quote-unquote become Harrison Ford. I don't care. Yeah. Just give me more Han Solo movies with this guy. Even if it's just him and Chewbacca just doing random things. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's just delightful. Remember when you can watch a Star Wars movie and you don't have to take it too seriously because the fate of the universe isn't in the balance? It's just a couple of smugglers <laughs> going on an adventure? That's one of my favorite things about this movie. It does start to tip into the the scale and, and the yeah. importance of what's going on being a bit bigger than it should be, but for the most part, it's a pretty grounded adventure And that's adventure something we'll story. have to talk about
0: because there, there's... Some stuff they do there... At, the way they handle that at the end is, is I think, very well done. To stop it from being like, Oh, this is going completely crazy. For, for me, it's kind of a take-it-or-leave-it type deal, yeah.
1: where I personally wouldn't have what, wanted them to make some of the choices they make. Yeah. Um, some of it seems a bit on the nose, which right. that's not as really much of a surprise to me, considering it's a Han Solo prequel film. Uh-huh. But they did it in the best way they yes, could
0: exactly exactly
1: um, if you're gonna go down that road that's the that's the way you handle it yeah. um my worst thing is kind of a, a, along that line and I, it probably connects with some of my my main problems with the film but the biggest thing is darth maul being. <laughs> I cannot stand it i have literally no problem with it and i've already i've already discussed this i i'm i, 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 I don't want us to reference the prequels at all ever again it infuriated me to no end in last jedi when when luke specifically calls palpatine darth sidious because he is only called darth sidious in the prequels not once in the original trilogy do they call him that drove me nuts um and then here, Darth Maul, and it's not just that, it's the <coughs> logic of the scene, and I'm getting real nitpicky and technical here with my Star Wars stuff, but I'm sure Star Wars Okay, okay, I have a point here, because this I, stuff you, you.
0: You've, you've mentioned this to me, what you're about to say to me before, and there was something I noticed this time around that I, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Anyway, f- finish your statement. Holograms
1: in Star Wars are traditionally all blue. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not always the case, but most of the time it mm-hmm. is. But in this one, it's, like, it's blue, but then his, his face paint okay, or whatever, his skin is red. And then, of course, he has to pull out his dual-wheeled lightsaber because, hey, kids, do you recognize Darth Maul yet?
0: I mean, in fairness. You've
1: seen Star Wars, right? I mean, I mean, Buy I mean, our I mean, toys, please. Um... That, that, that whole scene there felt are, so pandering let me, me.
0: let me well so two things um first of and all and
1: also you can't effectively make Han Solo sequels that feature Darth Maul in them I don't I don't think that was the goal I would hope I don't know we'll find out I guess no well well they're not going anywhere with it now
0: um why is what, what's I don't know at all what the news on this is they've stopped all the Solo
1: movies like they put all of them on I didn't Maul. even realize they were supposed to be more I think I guess maybe we discussed this um yeah, like there was a Boba Fett movie that's been put on hold. Well, now James Mangold
0: was supposed the, to do it, the TV show, right?
1: Well, the TV show is not about Boba Fett, it's set after Return of the Jedi. Ah. Yeah, okay. But they they put all the the solo movies on hold since this one didn't do so well. Interesting. Which is weird because Rogue One made like a billion plus dollars. Yeah, I don't know. One well, instance does not equal a trend. Um, oh god
0: anyways
1: I was gonna Darth Maul I was just gonna say that you you had previously
0: ranted about the lightsaber but I was I, I had not noticed until this time around that his face paint is also red in it so it's just a colored hologram and I was like oh okay yeah the reason I have no little no problem with it is because it makes me think that maybe we'll actually get an Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan movie which would make me extremely happy, and that was my first thought when I saw this, because it, it's such a weird. But it sounds
1: like they're not going that way, and also in Rebels they have like a definitive final confrontation right. between yeah, but they would Obi Wan
0: if they wanted to. <laughs>
1: um, I don't know. They've been pretty
0: like, I like well, stuck on. Well, my with, thing is just like so. I guess the idea set. was that Darth Maul was going to show up in further Han Solo movies. But at the same time, it's... which doesn't make any sense right. because
1: in the original Star Wars, Hans like the Force <clears throat> is a bunch of made up nonsense, and the Jedi, I, it's all right. a joke or whatever. But if he saw Darth Maul doing flips and stuff, he he wouldn't be but saying my,
0: that. My point is that like clearly they're not. But then
1: again, it's also the situation where Chewbacca should be telling him, "You're full of crap, Han. I saw Yoda yeah. doing flips but, and decapitating but... people with the lightsaber, <laughs> and he's he's a foot and a half
0: tall." Yeah. But clearly, they're not going to do that if they're trying to tease Star Wars Rebels. Like, they're not going to put Darth Maul at the, as the teaser at the end of a Star Wars movie if they're trying to go for, oh, we are gonna we want you to get excited about uh, our TV shows going on right now. Like, if they did that, they were planning on using him in the movie somehow. And I feel like the goal probably... I mean, to me, it seems like it would be obvious to make that an Obi-Wan movie, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on with any of that or if it will ever get made but anyway. It
1: it makes me just wonder if they had plans for Kira to show back up in future solo movies.
0: Yeah. That was always my my thought is that she would show up again in like... uh, Obi. I know Obi-Wan. Like I was always curious if they were... The plan was going to be oh... We're gonna make spinoff movies And they're gonna be unrelated to the Han Solo movie But Kira's gonna be like a uh, Like the, uh, the Claire Obi-Wan
1: from... and Kira get together And uh, uh, <laughs> Ray. Ray is her daughter yeah. Or something
0: Subverting your, your were, expectations Your parents were nobody's
1: Ray. Your parents were nobody's <laughs> You loser You you marry Sue
0: <laughs> Now I wish I'd been paying close attention To see if there's any point where somebody calls Kira nobody in this movie She's not gonna so be like, they planned it conspiracy set up and pay off
1: anyways darth maul can't stand him i hate the prequels let's never reference them again no i mean it's gonna happen the
0: villain of episode nine is gonna be jar jar so
1: yeah they're they're going back to darth jar jar (laughs) yep yep um but yeah I, I guess i didn't give my thoughts on star wars uh mm-hmm. i'm 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 much higher on the. well i'm not, I'm not much higher <laughs> but I, I have a lot more nostalgic value tied in with the original trilogy than you do i i i've realized i'm i'm sort of that super crazy star wars purist mm-hmm. where i'm just like the original trilogy and then everything else is crap
0: specifically the original original trilogy not the special editions
1: yes yes i i specifically hunted down the despecialized editions which is where a fan painstakingly went and made hd quality versions of something that is as close to the theatrical versions of the original star wars movies as possible yep i'm gonna try hard deal with it <laughs> um the prequels are terrible uh i'm i'm just gonna bypass that i like force awakens quite a bit um Rogue One and Last Jedi I kind of put on the same level where I can appreciate them and I'm very entertained by them while watching them. But I think they are deeply flawed movies. Um, I think you're a deeply flawed movie. And do not reach the, their their full potential True. That, that they, they have. Um, I liked Solo better than both of those. Yes, I like Solo better than Rogue One. Don't at me.
0: Is that even... A, I...
1: I don't know anymore. People people still love Rogue One, right?
0: Didn't Red Letter Media hate Rogue One?
1: Yeah, but, like, everybody else loved it. Did did they? I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know anymore.
1: Anyways, let's actually talk about Solo half an hour (laughs) in at Solo.
0: so, um, my first kind of thing that my mind goes to when trying to discuss this movie would be... Oh, we've kind of touched on the cast, so we can put that aside for a moment, um, would be the the fan service and your evaluation of it, Darth Maul notwithstanding. Um, although I was going to say really quick, I, I did have a point on that. Um, it's very interesting to me to think that there are probably at least some subset of current high schoolers. Um, you know, maybe like middle school, they were in that range. 14, 15, somewhere, somewhere along those lines, who, for one reason or another, maybe they were born right around the time, kind of uh, a little before Revenge of the Sith, so they were like two when that came out, something like that. That's kind of the age range I'm looking at. Who saw this movie, saw Darth Maul at the end, and were like, what the heck, who's that guy? And then actually went and looked it up and found out that there's all this like, like backstory with him. Like, That's a very interesting concept to me, and I wonder if that's almost... I don't know. Like obviously, it is—it is definitely fan service, and that is what they're going for. Oh, you got like the guy with the double lightsabers. Get excited about him; he's back.
1: Um, you know what annoys me the most about that? When he turns on the lightsaber, you hear "Duel
0: of the Fates" in the background. Do you really? I didn't even catch that. That's yes. <laughs> hey, at least it got used in a good movie. <laughs> um, you can't do this to me. But yeah, it's—it's it's interesting just thinking about that and the fact that, that and again this goes back to the fact that Star Wars has just gone through all these cycles of nostalgia um, but but that makes me not hate it quite as much as the fact that like it has been almost 20 years since Phantom Menace came out correct yeah so it doesn't seem like it's completely not fair game we've, we've stayed away from Darth Maul for, for that long in the movies so I don't hate it I really don't
1: see see like i said for me it's not just a darth maul thing it's the prequels never Never reference them again just never do it just don't it's not that difficult just don't do it (laughs) i look at george lucas he can't keep
0: getting away with it george lucas just can't stop referencing the prequels i thought that's where you're going with that oh boy yeah um
1: I found the fan service in this less obnoxious than I found it in Rogue One.
0: And that's... well, uh,
1: Which is weird because I should... I feel like I should find it very obnoxious in this. Because they pretty much... It's one of those situations where they cover pretty much every single thing we know about Han Solo. Yep. Um, Yep. And even some things that we didn't need to know Uh about Han Solo, including where he got his last name. I kind of love it. I only like it because of the way the actors deliver the exactly. Lines.
0: I think. Exactly. I think it's played G- as... Give
1: th- give that line to Jai Courtney.
0: That's, good, that's I what I hate it about, <laughs> about a lot of the fan service. It's Jai Courtney as the uh, Imperial officer who's signing Jai him Courtney
1: in. Jai Courtney with an American accent. Is, is gotta, the I Imperial gotta, officer yeah.
0: signing him in? What's yes. Like, All right, we'll call you Solo. Your gun will steal the souls of your enemies. <laughs> we'll call you Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> um but but that's my that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the fan service in this is that we are just on the cusp it's it's all either just on the cusp of being too much it's, it never quite gets there or it's completely like it actually is done really well and I actually genuinely enjoy it um
1: well for the for for me I think it's more just of how subtly it's handled yeah um it's not just Oh hey, it's the you'll be dead guy Uh And he's just there on this planet For some reason Oh hey, it's not R2 and 3PO Just standing there Do you get it? Yeah. Have you seen Star Wars? And I'm not Okay Here's the thing, because there's the, the, the bit in, in Red Letter Media is Rogue One review where they're just like, X Wing, yeah. Star Destroyer, Star Theater, things you recognize. Oh my God, like making fun of fanboys who get excited about that kind of stuff. I'm not quite that far, but like when I feel like I'm being pandered to, that's the issue. Um, and I didn't feel like this quite reached that level. Yeah. Like, wonderful choice they finally get the ship they've got the coaxium after the Kessel Run all that stuff they get down to the, the sand planet um, with the ocean or whatever they land Hans stands next to Lando Lando looks at him and says mm-hmm. I hate you mm-hmm. I know I, did, I my brain didn't even connect the dots the first oh, time yeah. I saw I it remember, you told yeah, me afterwards because I was sitting beside was like, you being
0: like ah that's
1: how you handle fan service like that's beautiful. a very clever way to spin that Han says, I know let's try and come up with a creative way for him to use that. Yeah. It's great. Uh, And it works in the scene going to my point of like, you you know, the dumb way to do that. Kira says, I love you. And then he says, I know like you, uh you just repeat it. You don't, you don't do anything
0: new with it. Uh Yeah. Um, and Hey, they never say that because it's a actually fairly well handled relationship. Um, it it doesn't even use my my uh my escape escape hatch of uh handsome people pr- pretty i forget what my usual th- you
1: are g- you are a good woman i am yeah yeah man. that's
0: i forget my usual my usual description of it um but but of of oh hey people who are attractive uh it's not that ridiculous for them to to like start kissing or whatever um and they do actually kiss in this but it's it's still like they, they don't even like try to to really use that excuse cuz it's i don't know that we'll have to get into that cuz the the whole relationship is great um anyway it it is sort of a a issue with the entire premise of Rogue One where they're kind of uh sort of, they just have they're they're having a an all right, altogether difficult time like Dealing with fan service and that because it is a completely separate story, and so there's really only so much you can do to be like, oh, here's how this story, here's how this thing we heard about actually happened, and we're gonna make it interesting. Um, oh hey, Jimmy Smits is here, even though he has nothing to do with this and, movie. And that's sort of the point is that it, my point is that they they have to just sort of be like, here's a reference. They can't really turn. I mean, they and maybe they could have. Maybe maybe if the you know they. Had better scriptwriters or whatever that could have done something better with this, but I, it feels like it's, it would be very difficult to make Rogue One a movie where we are watching the things we heard about in the original trilogy and enjoying them, um, yeah. because really we we don't get that much detailed information about the the stealing of the plans and all that stuff. I mean, the closest yeah. it comes is the fact that the the escape or the the hatch in the Death Star was a uh, a purpose purposefully built thing and that's kind of the plot of the movie and so that's nice but this movie is full of like we are going to do the thing that you would expect to see in a solo movie because you want to see Han Solo doing the thing that you heard about it's actually not that different from uh, the prequels being like oh they we want to do the thing you heard about with the Clone Wars or whatever father fought the Clone Wars, follow Luke's father and all that like it's that but done right where we are actually telling the story we heard about um but for the most part they do a really good job of it. And and like the solo thing I think is a great example to start off with for why I actually genuinely really enjoy the fan service of this for the most part as as much as it, it can be called fan service uh because it's it's it is like just so played straight. It's oh, he got his name by he was on the run. Um he was trying to enroll in the Imperial Imperial uh, uh, academy and they gave him that name because the guy was trying to figure out how to, uh, or trying to figure out how to fill out his form when he didn't have a last name. And that's that's that. It's
1: my question is just more like why did, why couldn't his last name just have been Solo? Like why why do we need to reach to to have an explanation don't for that? We
0: we don't have to. I really genuinely like that moment though, and it it really is just the way that the, the Imperial officer plays it. Honestly, like I think he's he's he does he does such a great job that it makes me actually love the fact that it came from a bit of clerical work that yeah needed like that just the the, the little pause he gives where he's like eh, Solo sounds good. Um, And then we don't need another moment where, like, we don't see him in the Academy and, like, people starting to call him Solo. Like, we don't see him starting to adopt that as his own name. We also don't really get, like, a blast of, uh, you know, the... Like, we don't get any, like, massive Star Wars music when we hear Solo. There's, like, a little bit of a a cue in the music, and that's about it.
1: We don't really get any Star Wars music until they see the Millennium Falcon.
0: Yeah, And so it's, like... I don't know. It's just played in such a smart way where it, it probably. I mean, I can. I can't really be upset with you if you like with you being the general Star Wars fan base. If you hate that moment, but I think it's really well. I
1: done. I, I represent the yes, Star Wars fan yes. base.
0: uh Oh God, <laughs> what have I done?
1: What have yeah. I done? But
0: I think it's really well done. I, I think it's genuinely like just a fun moment where it, it, you, you don't have to think about it too hard, and it's not like completely stupid. Uh, well,
1: for me, it's 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 similar to the Robin name drop in Dark Knight Rises, uh-huh. where I understand why people hate it. I think it works all right. Yeah. Move on. It's it's three seconds of your life, uh-huh.
0: and then we're done. Yeah. Uh, maybe my my favorite uh, thing, a uh, fan service in the movie, is the bit where he's walking through the halls and he sees the uh, sign up for the Imperial Army, uh, kind of kind of queue. And they're playing the Imperial March, and it's like a slightly like more uh victorious it's more triumf- up, up triumphant beat. that is yeah. spectacular. I love that <laughs> um,
1: and, and I actually buy it, it like like just comparing it to like another movie like when they start playing you know the the rocky theme in the rocky movies, and that just feels weird. Yeah. But here somehow maybe it's just because it's not so in your face about it, they keep it in the background, yeah, I think that that that's probably the reason exactly,
0: which is summarizes a lot of the quote unquote fan service in this um Han's relationship with chewie uh outside of the the i think the the once maybe the one scene where they just push it to the point where I'm like, ah, we don't really need that is um and, and even then they don't do it quite as bad as they could have is the bit where uh, Han and, and Chewbacca are on the uh, the the bridge of the ship or whatever and Han says man that's too long of a name I gotta give you a nickname it's like ah oh, that's dumb however he doesn't say what if we call you Chewie he just says I gotta come up with a nickname because that's too long and it, and it works if you were watching this like again going back to the 14 year old who's just discovered Star Wars um if you were watching this for the first time, that's just a joke. It's just like, oh, that's that's you know maybe they find it funny. I don't know. As I, I feel like it's completely impossible for us to like take that out of the context of the the franchise or whatever. But maybe that's yeah. just a nice joke. Whereas if they'd been, hey, what if we well, what if we call you Chewy? Uh, then then you've turned into okay. Now we're we're sitting there waiting for uh, you know us to figure out why that's important. Like you, you've right. you've just turned the audience to into the mode of remember the things you like as opposed to we're trying to build this relationship out of two characters that you know. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise the relationship is really well handled like the the stuff where uh they're in the the, the pit is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. and they they
1: Although did Chewie is he did <laughs> is he he eat, eat
0: people? people? This is a question I have.
1: So so we're going to allude to the fact that he eats people but not that he actually ate a porg. <laughs> Come on. Truth. Um, case in point why this is better than The Last Jedi. <laughs> Open and shut we case, get to see friend.
0: Our dark, gritty, brutal Chewbacca, not the... See,
1: see, we're deconstructing Chewbacca. <laughs> and people, people just don't like to see Chewbacca deconstructed. <laughs> or do they? I don't know. Ooh.
0: Anyway. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to think what else there is significant. Uh he gets the blaster. I mean there's
1: stuff like him getting
0: the blaster. Yeah. That's that that's like a
1: quick one and done yeah. moment.
0: Again, there's a lot of very when they do it, they don't slap slap you over the face with a paintbrush. It's just a little prick well, the, and they, then they move on. <sighs>
1: Well, I feel like they could have gone a lot further with it. I think that's where I'm I'm coming to, like they could have just carried it to the nth degree, and that's what I was afraid they would yeah. do. So when they didn't do that and they kind of just sprinkled fan service throughout, didn't bother me. Uh-huh. Like they could have been like, "We're going to by the end of the movie he will have his exact <laughs> costume that yeah. he has in the original Star Wars movie." And they don't do that.
0: Yeah. Um Trying to think, I feel like there are other examples, like like pretty big examples that I'm I'm missing out on here, but I can't think of any. Oh, and I also just con- I mean,
1: there's the thing with the the chess board.
0: Oh yeah, the alien chess board. Hey, and and you know what? He doesn't say, uh, hey, uh, or Han doesn't sh- doesn't walk up while while Chewie's yelling at Tobias over the uh the over losing the chess match or whatever. Han doesn't walk up and say, Hey, you better watch out. Uh, he he'll tear your arm right out of your sockets. Uh, doesn't he also tear somebody's he arms does tear out? Tear somebody's arms later? out of their sockets, and guess what?
1: And you know what? They don't immediately say, I, "I'm I'm going to have to make sure I warn people about you."
0: Yeah, yeah. He doesn't.
1: It's it's not. Could have been the dumbest thing. Even that, they turn it into th- a funny they, joke where he's like, "Well, that
0: that cost that uniform would have fit me perfectly." Thanks. Yeah, exactly. They like, they leave it as a moment where it's like hey I get that now we're moving on to more of the story and more of the characters and more of the relationship because we don't need to do the same thing every time and, and yeah that's what I was saying is that he doesn't walk up and say hey uh, I, y- you better let him win he's going to tear your arm right out of your sockets instead it's it's played into a different angle where, where Tobias kind of has the upper hand and he's like I'm trying to teach you a valuable lesson and like that's it's kind of played as a joke it's a humorous interaction question I believe
1: the move that Chewie loses to on that uh-huh. isn't it the exact same that he loses to in the original Star Wars is it? I think so.
0: That sounds subtle and not in my face, well, that, and a well, very that, cool little detail. Well, Easter that rec. totally
1: feeds into Tobias' line where he's like, people are predictable. Yep. It's, it's... It's almost like when they wrote the fan service, they
0: thought about it for more than five <laughs> seconds! It's almost like they watched the movies first. <laughs> George didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, I'm trying to think. What What else is there? Is there anything else major that we need to cover? We're probably missing some stuff, but... Uh I don't care. I good. Um, <laughs> but I think that my I mean all of those moments are are just nice moments. And that's what yeah. this movie has a lot of. It's just good stuff. And it's just characters having fun and being enjoyable. It's a space romp. Um I I realized a second ago I completely forgot about uh Paul Bettany. Um
1: who wasn't even supposed to be in this movie.
0: Was he really? How was that supposed oh, to work? Oh, he's, he's he's all in reshoots. Interesting. How did that work originally?
1: Uh, I can't remember the actor. I think he's on the wire. Interesting. Let me see if I can find the okay.
0: name. Well, anyway, I'll vent about uh, Paul Bettany for a second here. He is just a ton of delightful. Yeah, just a ton of fun. He's he's terrifying. He's intimidating mostly because he's massive. Um, he's a tall dude. Uh, the the again, we can you know you you can you can complain about the Darth Maul scene, of course, but the fact that he has the scars down his face completely did not even think about that in terms of Darth Maul until the end when it was like, oh, that's that makes a lot of, and it's the crimson. Okay, they, they thought about this and they didn't just throw it in our face. They made it feel like a universe where not everything is like going to tell you exactly what it's about. Um, I thought that was great I've complained before about the fact that Star Wars doesn't have enough cool weapons like lightsabers and the fact that like the original trilogy sort of leaves you with a feeling that lightsabers are not necessarily like the be all end all of, of weapons and that there cool, could be a lot more cool stuff and so he's got these really cool like knuckle I guess they're um What's what's the what's the word for that the, the brass knuckles, but they're instead they're like the um, the laser spikes that he's got sticking out of his, his hands. Um, that he uh, they're like shivs or yeah, something. yeah. And and they're just there's not until Darth Maul shows up. There's not a single lightsaber in this movie. And it's like, hey, and I'm just we like, we
1: survived. Let's keep it that way. <laughs>
0: Guess what, guys? We made it. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, did you find anything?
1: I'm I'm still looking. Okay,
0: I don't have much else to say about. I will find it quickly. Um, but yeah,
1: Pat he, uh, Michael Michael K. Williams, excuse me.
0: Okay. What happened to him?
1: I think it was just scheduling conflicts. Interesting. Uh. Yeah, it's just funny because, like, Michael K. Williams is is an African-American gentleman. I don't even know if he's American. Mm-hmm. He's a black gentleman. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny how they... <laughs> that shift's weird.
0: <laughs> they went very, very white. Uh, Yeah. Paul Bettany could be a... Uh, I don't know how his American accent is. Apparently he's done American accents in movies before that I've never seen. Um, uh, But he could be a terrifying joker. He, just because of his height, honestly, like like he's got good screen presence, but like he's to make him a Bond villain, yeah, yeah, something like that. That would be great. Um,
1: well, he he, it's just he shifts between civil and kind of funny yes. and, and kind of like a a warm uh, house owner as he, he he invites you into your home or into his home, and then very quickly he kills you. <laughs> well, that's great. Oh, thank like, you. He shifts on a di- That that moment where he goes, "I don't ask twice." huh? Yes. Well, and I like a very just like he's just laying it out for him. He's he's not yeah. trying to BS him. He's not trying to intimidate him. He's
0: just stating it as a fact. The, the introductory scene with him where he, they're like, "Oh, hey." uh where where's your your boss i forget exactly how they oh he's talking he's talking to an administrator
1: and then it cuts <laughs> to him like think, killing? he's him. like oh yeah
0: he's talking to the regional governor i think is what he says and it just yeah. cuts and he's like out of breath has murdered this dude uh puts his like little weapon on the on the, ta- the table like kind of wipes wipes his hands off and he's like oh got myself all worked up like it's just <laughs> like yeah um oh he, he's really really good yeah uh and and again, his relationship with Kira, his relationship with Tobias, and his relationship as it develops with with Han, Han, Han got, got, got Lando in my brain. Um, another bit of fan service. Yep, yep, yep. You want to explain?
1: For some reason, Lando refers to Han as Han in, in Empire, uh, and that's how they explain it.
0: They, yeah, they they have it as another well, bit of fan well,
1: service. L three in the ship. 3PO in, in uh, Empire says you, you're, the computer for the Millennium Falcon has the most peculiar dialect.
0: Uh-huh. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that and... Mind blown. Uh, going back to the hand thing, uh, it's great because the way they play it is that Han Solo introduces... Him to, just to explain if it, because a lot of people did not see this movie. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, Han explains to... Uh, or Han introduces himself to Lando and Lando calls him Han because they're yeah. immediately like at each other's throats kind of verbally. Like they're immediately just like in this, this sparring match where they're, they're kind of uh, pushing on each other and trying I'm to be, not, th- outwatch each other. I
1: bit of fan service. Uh-huh. I thought I found it.
0: Well, I was going to say, uh, and then, so Lando calls him Han and he's like, Oh, it's, it's Han. But, and then Lando doesn't like at all apologize or anything. He just like continues on, yeah. um, it's excellent. Other bit?
1: Han approaches Lando at the very end, like he's about to f- fight him or whatever, and then he hugs him like they're best friends. Uh-huh. That's, that happens in their first scene in Empire.
0: Huh. I didn't even catch that. Exactly! Yeah. It's subtle! Yep.
1: <laughs> Doesn't make me want to bash my head in the wall. Well,
0: and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with the chest thing, too, where it's like... That bit... Uh, I just, I just had this thought that bit. If that is the same move, which we'll have to, we'll have to check, if that is the same move he loses on, because, because uh, Tobias's immediate response to that is, uh, I'm trying to teach him a valuable lesson here. And if that's something that you like had recently watched the movies, or you connected that, that would be hilarious yeah. because you're like, he's literally going to make the same mistake 20 years from now, in the exact same fashion. Like that's, that's great. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Let's, let's talk about the editing and the pacing of the movie. Okay um because that's i feel like you had some pacing issues in the middle of the movie and i had more pacing issues at the beginning of the movie interesting um but first off this is one of the most amazing saves of yep. a movie i've ever seen like Kinda very like similar the to rogue one
0: star wars
1: uh, uh i mean i mean specifically with them firing the directors kind of li- oh wait a, <laughs> <laughs> but like I can't tell when it's reshoots or not mm-hmm. and it's very similar to Rogue One where it's like Kathleen Kennedy keeps screwing up with who she hires for these things but somehow they manage
0: to salvage it <laughs> but them she hires well. the right person to save it
1: yeah and like Ron Howard he's like on the we have the spectrum of just like studio directors yep. who do whatever the studio tells them to. On the far on, on the far side, you have like your Brett Ratners right. where they're just like the worst people and the most hackish mm-hmm, directors. Mm-hmm. Then like in the middle, you got your Joel Schumachers who genuinely seem to have their heart in the right place. It just depends on the project. Yep. Sometimes they make good movies, sometimes bad. And then you got like Ron Howard where it's just like, Consistent quality. He does what the studio tells him to, but he always turns in a pretty solid product.
0: What else has he done?
1: I've looked this up. Apollo 13's the the big one. Uh, I don't
0: think he would. Which is a
1: a good movie,
0: so. Neat. Along with I think he did all three Da Vinci code movies. (laughs) Fascinating. I don't know. We gotta do those for the podcast. I have no interest, um except I think Paul Bettany's in the first one. I was gonna say except for Tom Hanks maybe I suppose that's, that's, the that's connection. For me to be interested um,
1: I think Ian McKellen's in that first one too fascinating. it's an interesting it's an interesting series, yeah, apparently um, they get worse as they go I've
0: heard uh,
1: <laughs> but yeah it it's one of the best saves that I've ever seen in terms of. A big budget movie going horribly awry production uh-huh, wise.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, and and I, were, I I feel like I mentioned there is probably some podcast somewhere where I defended defended this movie because everyone was so convinced that it was going to just be an utter failure and just be the most terrible. You did cash call threat. it, and I everyone who said that I was like, I don't know. I feel like it's going to end up being fine. And guess what? It was actually a little bit better than fine.
1: I remember not caring about this movie so hard. Yeah. Before it came out, and when I watched it, I was just like, "This is just delightful." Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: So as far as like, and I don't like
1: like this movie's not high art or anything. It's not like this is this is cinema. It's fine. Guess what? But neither was the original Star Wars. <laughs> oh my god. I ain't gonna go that far. <laughs> I am. I. I I I still think that the original Star Wars is my personal favorite
0: favorite Star Wars. Yes. Movie? Okay. I wasn't sure where what what but spectrum I are think, we on.
1: I think the original Star Wars is is one of my favorite movies. Okay. Maybe not top ten, but probably top twenty.
0: Well, my thing is just it's such a straightforward, solid movie. Like that, and that's and that's how I feel about that. And that's why I'm so upset with people. And it's not just because when people put star wars on a pedestal they they give it these lofty expectations that are never going to be met because they want to be 13 again watching empire in the theaters for the first time or being a kid when they're six watching it at their home on the vhs you know they they want to whether you're going to say and being six watching phantom Menace for the first <laughs> yes. time of uh, that feeling no but they 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 want that feeling again. that's what people want when they watch star wars and yeah because of that but then as you grow up it's not really possible A to really capture that feeling and B I think to appreciate the movies quite as much because they're not the most complex things in the world they're not high art and I think when you try to hold them to the standards of high art and try to turn them into some like ridiculous like childhood fulfillment fantasy like
1: well even even think about it Rogue One they come up with an excuse for how the Death Star is big yep a flaw is created Uh people back then when the movie came out weren't nitpicking and questioning that that was just a part of the plot if Star Wars had come out today people would be like worst movie ever what a plot hole didn't make any sense Um, Luke Skywalker's a Mary Sue like exactly (laughs) like people have to remember what their mindsets were when they watched these things for the first time
0: and that's my point is that the when you when you when you expect to go and see a masterpiece every time you watch a Star Wars movie, um yeah, you're gonna be disappointed. Well, well you're gonna be disappointed, but you're gonna be unfairly disappointed, and you're putting expectations on the franchise to be something it's not. The franchise is supposed to be yes. just fun. It's supposed to be yeah. just characters having a good time, going on a space romp, fighting big odds, maybe go through through a bit of tragic circumstances uh but coming out you know kind of kind of uh uh chin up and and looking towards the horizon like that's that's star it's wars it's
1: escapist entertainment yeah. that's all um,
0: And it is good escapist entertainment it's 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 wonderful when it's done right uh well it's not
1: all you you can read into things sure. as much as you want to
0: but but by and large that's i mean it's 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 intent is to be escapist entertainment it's the epitome of the blockbuster like that's that's where we're yeah. at and so That's what... And I know we're kind of glossing over... When we say sweeping statements like that, it does gloss over a lot of actual problems people have with the Star Wars, like the Disney Star Wars films, and that's fine. But...
1: If you're honestly trying to tell me that Last Jedi is a worse Star Wars film than the prequels, I'm sorry. Yes. Like... There's that. Yeah. Your Um, opinions are your own, and I'm not going to take that away from you, and you have every right to them, and blah, 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 blah. I... I... Do not need to hear any sort of argument from you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. We're not. We're not dealing with the
0: same same rules <laughs> of reality here. Yeah. We we live in two two separate uh universes there. Yeah. Um. My. I don't know. Uh, and that's sort of my thing with this one. This with Solo is that I feel like it really gets back to the roots of the franchise. I honestly think. It, I honestly think this is like in the same way that when i watched last jedi i was like i get it now i watched this movie and i was like and at first i was just like i really enjoyed that but rewatching this movie this time around i was like man this is actually what people liked about the original star wars like it's not just a term in terms of there's no code to crack to make the to make a star wars movie as you know maybe not as good but like of the same the same tone and caliber and enjoyment as the original there's no special you know kind of Formula to to figure out when you're trying to make it. You're you don't have to make it about the the plot twist and the uh, the empires and the rebellion and all that stuff. It's it's just about interesting, compelling characters that are enjoyable and that we want to root for, getting in high stakes, uh, thrilling situations. And that's I, I feel like if everyone just sort of I mean, and Disney included. I'm not. I'm not saying that like people need to back off Disney because they've put expectations on them. Because maybe Disney needs to realize this too, and maybe they. I mean, they're not going to learn a good lesson because this movie bombed. But maybe at some point down the line, once they kind of back off and stop trying to to figure out how to make this into a cinematic universe, they'll realize, hey, uh, let's let's let some people have fun making Star Wars movies, and I think we'll we'll get some well- more stuff like this. But.
1: Well, I kind of feel like Disney almost has the perception that you're talking about, where they're just like, these are really fun escapist entertainment. Let's treat yeah. them like other fun escapist entertainment. And they didn't realize the <laughs> pedestal that they true, true. Like, there's a quote from Kathleen Kennedy where she says, when we, when we took on Star Wars, we treated it the exact same as you would any other blockbuster franchise. Yeah. And that's just... That's not the right, right mindset right. you should have. Because the fanboys will lose their minds and <laughs> it, it will it will get violent well, the very other quickly. Hand,
0: I think if they tried to... It did get violent very quickly. On the other hand, I think if they tried to make the movie that fan, the fanbase wanted, I think that could have gone very, very poorly as well.
1: So I don't know. Well, I mean, they did. It was called Force Awakens. true. true. And then a year later, people were like, we didn't actually want that even though we all loved it. Yeah.
0: It's almost like when people feel their nostalgia uh, re- rekindled they they immediately want more and they don't want to uh, accept the fact that they can't actually go back to their childhood um, and again not trying to discount actual criticisms of the Disney Star Wars movies they are there we've talked about them but we're talking about the overall position of the people versus Star Wars uh yeah it's 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 a mess so now that we've gone through all that let's talk about pacing of solo a star wars story yeah
1: so i guess i'll I'll go ahead and get my stuff out of the way i can go ahead and take on the beginning you can take on the middle and then we can converge for the end i kind of
0: it is more towards the ending for me i will say
1: yeah um well most of your stuff just revolves around kessel yes. run and really right? it's okay. it's
0: really not that much it's really just like five minutes um and there's some other stuff my, in there.
1: My stuff revolves around pretty much the entire first okay. act. Um, Interesting. Mostly because I feel like we just—I I don't like the opening, huh. D- just the the cold open that leads us into the solo title. Uh-huh. Um, I'm fine with how they handled the opening crawl. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Like we don't need the Star Wars symbol we don't need you know the logo we don't need the the bombastic score we don't you know it's nice we we keep the plain blue font and we kind of just lay out give some context for what's going on um did rogue one do that didn't rogue one just start that sounds right yeah i got problems with rogue one (laughs) um uh but it's just like oh han boosts a thing Solo, a Star Wars story. Like, it feels like the way that's, that's right. done, it feels like there, there was a longer action set piece leading into that. Yeah, yeah. Like a super exciting chase where he's running away from guards and they're shooting at him. And he's like, oh, God, I've got I've to hotwire this thing real fast before they kill me. And then he races off and it's like a three-minute chase <laughs> and it gets away from him. And it's Solo, a Star Wars story. That's kind of what it uh, it felt like we were missing stuff there, and I don't I don't know if that was the case, but that's what it felt yeah, like. Could be. Um And then I feel like we kinda just get thrown into Han and Kira's relationship and they're just like, Yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna run away. Move move the plot forward, move, move, move. <laughs> I feel like we could have used a little breathing room at the beginning just to kind of have yeah. them relax a little bit. Let's just chill with them for like five minutes. Could
0: you know, have been really... could have been like, oh, they they escaped somewhere. Um, well I don't know
1: let's let's not just get exposition about how terrible their lives are let's actually see a little bit of their lives being terrible also she looks ridiculously clean Mm -hmm. and uber pretty for being like child slaves (laughs)
0: like
1: he looks beat up and stuff because he he got into a fight or whatever but she looks like super clean and and pristine I guess it's so,
0: almost like they they should have get going back to your point. They should have given us more time after he sort of escaped or they they actually like get to talk and and yeah. Uh maybe they have to wait for some arbitrary reason to try and escape. Yeah. And then Han gets Han's kind of temper gets the better of him in the uh throne room or whatever it is, the the room with the lady evil alien lady and then maybe from there yeah. that's and then Practical effects. Uh-huh. Uh I really like... It's really interesting, and that's something that... Uh, I, I remember Red Letter Media specifically pointed out about how they, they felt like a lot of the movie was, like, impossible to see.
1: Oh, we'll have to get into the cinematography and the lighting yeah. because um, I I disagree with them greatly. And
0: that's my thing, is that the opening of the movie is very dim, but then, like, it's actually... I think it's really effective. And I remember thinking that in the theater for the first five minutes, but then it's really effective when he, like, throws the... Uh, he throws a rock through the... the it's like a window or something, yeah. And uh, I forget yeah. exactly how that plays out. Um,
1: well, for me, it's it's. Well, you and I have, have discussed color grading and all this this sort of stuff like where it's like uh, grim, dark, gritty, make a great color palette and all that. We've discussed that with, with Batman vs Superman, Man of Steel, the Harry Potter movies, blah 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 right. blah. Um, even Rogue One to a certain degree. Um, maybe we didn't actually bring that up during the Rogue One review, but um, I feel like this. It this one's different because in certain scenes like it's really bright and colorful.
0: And that's exactly what I was going to say. It, and it just he, feels like he throws Oh, the... they're in a
1: dark room.
0: It's dark. Yeah. And he throws the the rock through the, the 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 thing or whatever and then light immediately shines down and obviously that has a plot purpose, but it also is like yeah. The color. I never
1: opening. had a problem seeing what was going on.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if that's just cuz I got lucky
1: with the theater that I saw the movie in. Yeah and then being able to see it on home you know at home on on the blu-ray you know I, I don't know if i just got lucky and other people have had problems i never once had a problem of like i, I can't tell what's happening
0: yeah hey. you know
1: i never had that issue there
0: are other moments that are darker but there's a lot of there's a lot of color in the movie i mean especially on the the desert planet at the Lando's shirts what are bright. lando
1: shirts lando shirts
0: uh and that's another that's another good example is that like in the casino where they or whatever it is where they first finelando yeah it's it's kind of i mean it's actually bright and, and colorful and, and, and there's a lot of energy to it even though it is darker they, yeah. they they switch a lot they do a lot of stuff with the lighting and i really appreciate it and overall i'd say the cinematography is actually pretty solid like i'm thinking of uh, especially the the shots of the giant monster getting pulled into the mall uh, there's a couple of really great yeah. shots with like the lighting and stuff, and, and just the framing of everything as the Millennium Falcon's trying to escape. Uh, there's a lot of really good stuff. With that. Just
1: like there's some really cool just action shots, yeah. like when when Lando runs to go help out L3, mm-hmm. and he's like almost does a little parkour move, mm-hmm. and the camera's following him, and it looks really cool. Oh. I have no problems with how the, this movie yeah,
0: looks. The introduction at the beginning with uh, with uh, Han driving the speeder, like the way it kind of like shoots like. From yeah. the front of the car back, like that's a and and it's like fo- fixed on him, and the background's moving. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's some creative stuff in it. Yeah, it's very um, very ab- more than competent.
1: Well, even then, like the the, the scene after Han gets uh, brought into the Imperial Army, yeah. and it's just cut it to this war zone, and everybody's dying, uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: and it's just like a nightmare, and like. Everything just looks gray, and I'm like, but yeah, that's the there, point. It's supposed yeah. to look like a nightmare. Yeah, there's a plot purpose. Yeah. I don't know. It, it just worked for me. Or a, a um, thematic
0: purpose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But even then, um, beyond that, I wish we had a little more time with Beckett's first crew and that's where I point to I kind of wish this was like a three hour epic where we could yeah. could have like maybe like 10-15 more minutes with them and have a little bit of a montage of them completing jobs and stuff I don't know yeah. mainly because Tani Newton's in this movie and she's in it for like five minutes and she's ridiculously better than she is in Mission Impossible 2 <laughs> Truth. um So maybe we are connecting this back to Mission Impossible more better than we expected, Um, but like she's really good in the movie, and I feel like her and Woody Harrelson have a little bit of chemistry Mm -hmm. going on. And then she just dies, and he gets over it in five seconds. Yeah, I feel like that we rush into that way too much. That's fair. And also, uh, John Favreau voices the alien guy. I don't know what race he is. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a lot of fun. I uh-huh. enjoy him quite a bit. He's got a good bit of personality to him. Like, oh, that's... Like, I just love all the characters in this. They're, they're just a lot of fun. It's like well, one of those movies where I'm just like, I just want to kind of hang out yeah, with these it's, people. It's sort
0: of like I remember seeing... And I, I get this point. This is actually a, a, one of those points made by the not my Star Wars type people uh, that I actually kind of agree with is I saw a, a, a compilation uh, a while back of like all the quote unquote new aliens in the Star Wars, uh, the, the Disney Star Wars movies, um, yeah. and a lot of them look very samey. They're they're not like it's just kind of like yeah. people with weird faces that are like rubbery. Like it, it, there's not like a lot of variation. Where, um,
1: uncar plot sure,
0: um, but just because of I think the color in, in this maybe and the 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 or the the way that aliens specifically are colorful because a lot of them are very like dark and oily looking. I feel like um, the the rubbery is is I think the best way I can describe it. Uh, in in solo, there's just a lot of kind of background characters that just look really interesting. I mean, I'm thinking of like the uh, the people on the mining planet where they've got the they're they're kind of uh, specifically their leader is is sort of unsettling because he's got this weird mask and he's got like he makes these strange noises out of these like tubes sticking out of his face. Um, yeah. It it looks the, the design is creative and it's interesting and I I like it, <laughs> and it, it kind of feels a little bit more like Star Wars maybe than than some of the, the previous movies.
1: Yep, agreed. <laughs> but yeah, those are those are kind of my big but big things. I kind of just wish they fleshed out a, a bit more of of the stuff going on at the beginning, um, particularly with that that first crew, because Beckett gets over that like sure. I said pretty. Pretty fast, um, I feel like he should be a lot angrier at Han for letting go of the coaxium. Especially because they settle because it
0: too quickly. But I think it's also the sort of thing where that's that's very effective. Well, it's very effective when Han's immediately like, "All right, I want to fix this. I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not going to." And and that's and, and
1: it's very and it's very clear that Woody Harrelson respects him, and he's like, "Okay, I can mentor this kid."
0: And that's also what I really appreciate about. The uh, the or what? Why I'm not as bothered by the pacing of that entire crew, all that crew stuff, is because I think that plays very well. Like I think if we took too long, it would kind of slow Han's development. Where I feel like the way we get it, it's it's because he, he immediately realizes like, oh, I was kind of like, there's more to this than just oh, we're doing a job to make some money. Like that he's he's immediately yeah. thrown into the fact that there's there's a larger conspiracy at work here.
1: Well, then also, I know, because I I know the argument can be made, well, you know, Beckett says, I don't trust anyone, Uh so uh, clearly he's willing to let people go, and he's not going to linger on it too long, so it's a fine balance you have to walk between having him having to emotionally deal with Tandy Newton's character dying, and then, like, immediately getting over it. I feel like we we were a bit too far on one Uh side, you
0: know? Yeah, no, I do agree about that.
1: Um, I do like how they keep coming back to his thing where he's like, "When I quit, oh, I'm gonna go back to my my home planet. I'm gonna learn how to play that oh, instrument." So
0: nice. They bring that back multiple times, and it, his final line it, where he's he's saying that. Oh, that's. It's and he's like, "Character, you know, I really,
1: I really was going to do that. I like, I'm gonna feel stop lying things. to you." Yeah. Woody Harrelson's delightful. I don't have
0: movie. to think about that's, it.
1: That's that's my one-word description for this movie. Yes. It's delightful. Yes.
0: I don't have to... Because it, it, I don't... We don't have to sit there and be like, all right, so this is why we enjoy this thing, and we have to, like, piece to... It's, well, it's
1: also one of those movies where I'm not having to dissect the plot yes. a million different ways to go, all right, how is this wrong? Yeah.
0: It's, it's just... It's not even surface level, I don't want to say. Like, that feels mean, and I don't want to call it, like... I'm not trying to say it's a shallow movie, but it's just... The, everything is on the table, and we can just absorb it and embrace it, yeah, and and get along with the ride of these characters. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. Um, any other pacing qualms as we move forward?
1: Um, for me, that was kind of the major stuff that I noticed. Um, I do have some minor problems, kind of not really pacing stuff. You brought up interesting points that I'll let you get into. Mm-hmm. But really, my problems don't really come back in until the third act, and that's more with story stuff than it is specifically pacing or editing right. I think the movie really picks up once um unfortunately uh Beckett's crew gets killed. yeah, yeah. I think I think the the movie picks up for me i I do like that opening third, but I think the movie really starts to become itself after that. Yeah. I I feel like we should briefly discuss the train heist. Uh-huh. In so much as I really love that set piece. It's a really uh-huh. cool set piece. Um the cinematography's really fun. Uh-huh. There's a there's just a lot of cool action shots on that. Um but I I do have to bring up the red letter media nitpick of them questioning the logic of them using trains to transport things. Yeah. When they have spaceships. I don't know that seemed a little flimsy like uh, we need an action set piece on a train that's uh, fine don't think about it
0: too much yeah. more or less but that's also kind of Star Wars like Star Wars has a lot of stuff where, and that's that's the thing where you can point to because there are things that people point to and they're like hey this uh, and, and you know it's it. this this has been used in defense of Last Jedi and I think sometimes maybe uh, unnecessarily or like kind of kind of uh being too too dismissive of criticisms uh people will say things like hey what about this thing in last jedi people will respond "Eh, that's just to start accept it it's just a fun fantasy universe why are you thinking too much about it
1: whereas yeah the people that go oh it's just a it's just a fun adventure movie about space wizards yeah that's um
0: that movie does want you to take it more seriously yeah whereas i think this is a little and that's actually more like direct plot things
1: where this is... Well, also, it sets up... It, Star Wars sets up its own rules. You yeah. have to take... That's the thing about any sci-fi or fantasy universe. They have to set up the rules well and then stick with them. Uh-huh. Otherwise, the audiences get annoyed.
0: And that's exactly what I was what I was going to kind of go for there is... I don't know, why does... I feel like you could think of a million things. Why does Jabba take them to uh, a, a pit in the middle of the desert... To to throw prisoners into why does it why does he not like have another rank I don't know you like there's a there's a point where you stop you're no longer questioning the plot and you're now questioning the universe and the way that the characters in the universe think and I feel like that yeah. the the train thing I mean it's a fair criticism it's a fair, not even criticism really but it's a fair thing to point out of like that's kind of weird but at the same time it's fairly I mean it's fairly human even to like just do stupid, overly complicated things to get a job done. Like I, I feel like it's not that big of a stretch that oh there happens to be this thing on this planet where for one, one reason or another they move things by a train instead of transporting them through a ship. Maybe they have to move them from between two spots. Maybe it's like a mining thing. I mean they don't really talk about it, but I think Ooh, I, I got I got an easy explanation.
1: Uh the coaxium we need it cold. So we put it on a cold planet. There you go. Unfortunately, on cold planets, it's difficult for uh, spaceships to travel there for a long while. So if we have to carry something across the planet, it's just easier to have a train. There you go. Makes enough sense. And then you you carry that to... That's why the Star Destroyers don't just land above the base in Hoth and just blow it to smithereens. Uh That's why they send down walkers.
0: Uh Yeah, and there's another example of like... There are other ways that people could do this, but it's different than being a plot hole. It's just... This universe happens to work in a way that things are kind of you know you 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 have to accept that not everything is gonna be the most straightforward obvious route route words yeah um
1: it's just a question of how much you you break it yep. and that's gonna vary person to person with suspension of disbelief um there's there's not there's no perfect way to crack the code so to speak yep. so Anyways, none of this matters is what I'm trying to Correct. say. Scores don't matter. They're just movies. You react to them how you react to them, and then you move on with your life.
0: Actually, the movie scores are pretty important because that's the, the music for, for a movie. It really uh, affects. Uh, you got me there. <laughs> uh, Get on with the
1: Kessel yeah, Run, sir. Yeah,
0: I mean, and really, I thought I would had more problems with it than I ended up having. Uh, because him fl- actually flying through the, the 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 clouds of the Kessel Run and everything, the maelstrom is actually a ton of fun. As as far as them getting away from the TIE fighters and like the the bit where he crashes, he he does the skid with the Millennium Falcon on the rock is pretty great. Uh, it's a setup and payoff for yep. him becoming a more competent pilot. Yep. You look like you had another thought there.
1: <laughs> well, I I have more of a problem with that scene is very clearly written so they can try and parsecs are a unit of distance yes. and not time and apparently George didn't know that because George just doesn't know anything really when you think about right. it um, <laughs> I'd like to interview George <laughs> Lucas and just pick his brain about certain things I, I just don't understand George Lucas man. is
0: probably the kind of person who like you could ask him There, there's a there's a, a college football coach, uh, who not too long ago uh was asked about whether or not he he's aware of he I forget how this came out, but somehow he was asked about asparagus or something. Like he didn't actually know what that was. Fascinating. And and that's how I imagine George Lucas is, is that I feel like there are some things that he just like has no idea, like, about any of it. Like if you're like, Hey hey George, did you know that like Physics prevents sound from traveling in space. He'd be like, "What? What are you? Is that is that true? Oh, wow, that's really interesting." I, you know, it's, no, he'd go,
1: what's space?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm not really uh, familiar with 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 uh, space. I, I uh, I'm a I'm a bigger fan of of you know kind of down to earth uh, stories. Um, I like Star Trek. <laughs> I like Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> but but he'd, he'd say something like that. But then you'd be like, "Hey, George." Uh, how do you feel about the way that the uh, that the current state of, of trade economics is affecting uh, Bulgaria? And he's like, oh well, I think that's a very interesting issue. You see, uh, the current Bul- Bulgarian prime minister uh, he's having a really tough time getting around the uh, Ukrainian uh, trade laws, and so, like, like I feel like he'd have just this wealth of knowledge about very specific things, where he's just like the most weirdly knowledgeable dude on the planet, and then he'd have other things that he just completely broke yeah. on.
1: But anyways, I feel like this movie is just like that that yep. scene in particular, it's just like we got we got to twist it, we got to have it make sense. It can't just be he was able to beat people in a race or something, you know. However, something a lot more straightforward. Um and I kind of just feel like they should just go in Star Wars Parsecs, or u- unit of okay. of time. However, they
0: do an excellent thing with that. Uh that kind of paints the entire thing in a new light. Um where they have him say say to a person after they, they get off the planet and they finally get down, or get out of the Kessel Run and they finally get down to Saverine, I think they're going to. And they, he's talking to one of the, the people helping them with the coaxium and he's like, just did the uh, Kessel Run in 12 parsecs of this thing. And and the guy just completely ignores him. <laughs> and
1: Well, doesn't Chewbacca say he was says, actually more than Chewbacca that? Chewbacca says something yeah. and he's
0: like, not if you round down. And... <laughs> that's spectacular because then that immediately paints him referencing that because no one really reacts to that when he says that in uh is it a new hope or is it an empire where he says that new hope right
1: it's in a new nobody Hope. nobody
0: really reacts to that when he says that right because nobody knows what that is
1: the only other time that is referenced beyond that is, is ray and in which Force is Awakens. great because
0: then ray like at that point she gets the number wrong <laughs> yeah and at that point it's also like ray probably has no idea what that actually is It's just in terms of this is the legend that's been passed down to her about Han Solo because he's the amazing rogue uh, smuggler. You're...
1: Dang it, Tyler, you're winning me over on it.
0: No, I love... They they do... Because they could have just left it at that. They could have just been... He did the Kessel run in 12 parsecs. Look, he did the thing. And then never reference it. And that would have been one thing. Yeah. That would have been fine. It would have been we did the obligatory fan service. But they added an entirely new twist on it by making it something that like no one actually really cares about that. It's not a race. It's not And
1: and he's kind of lying <laughs> about it.
0: And I think that's wonderful. Um Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great thing of doing that. Um kind of goes back to our overall discussion of the fan service in this movie. And something we didn't even mention is the way that he wins the Millennium Falcon. We actually see him win it, uh, really in two separate games, and it's wonderful. The, the, the gambling scenes with him and Lando are just spectacular, especially when he, he slips the card out from his, his, uh, little card sleeve. Um, yeah, that's just great. And he doesn't use it to win. He doesn't use it to cheat, which is, ah, it's, 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 it's wonderful. Um, all of that is just so well done, and their interactions are amazing. Um, Anyway, Kessel Run. I
1: yes. would make the argument... Well, specifically yes. them landing on the planet and starting a droid yes. rebellion. The
0: mining planet scene. Um, The droid rebellion is wonderful. It's hilarious, and there, there's just utter chaos. And I feel like we should leave it at that. It should just be... And I don't know how exactly you kind of maneuver L3 through the rest of the plot if you do it, do it like that. Because uh, there is the reference of, oh, she's going to end up being the navigation system. That's how they get through the, the Kessel Run, something like that. Yeah. But... Uh it it feels like there's a point specifically when L3 gets shot where we just completely kind of like stop the movie to try and have some like introduce drama to it for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh and up to that point it had been so so I'm trying to remember what we'd done before that. Uh they had been they kind of flew up to the Kessel Run, they or the Maelstrom, they found it. So if we don't have that. Uh, if we don't have them stop the movie to talk about L3, we don't have them take extra time on the mining planet to escape, all that sort of thing. I almost feel like what you could do is have her be like, I'm staying here! I love this place! And then she, like, downloads her navigational database onto something that they give to her, give to them. Something along those lines would be more efficient and not because i i just don't think you really anybody really feels anything when l3 dies because they were just seconds earlier having a very comedic uh scenario with all this like yes escape droids and it's funny it's really you, good i like her as a character
1: you know it's 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 strange because i feel like i'm usually the one that's pointing out the weird jarring yeah. tone switches but for some reason it didn't bother me all that
0: I, much. I feel like it i feel like that just kind of halts because if you take that out let me let me explain more in the context of why I like it. I would like it to be that way. We
1: also need to talk about L3 herself. We do. And people hate her, do they? apparently. I mm-hmm. think. I don't know.
0: Uh, but there's the... Jay in Red Letter Media
1: referred to her as the worst Star Wars character since Jar Jar oh Binks. Oh
0: gosh.
1: <laughs> I'm like... Not even, Le- just, just not even Red Letter... You guys Media just not even Red Letter Media knows know what how they're, they're how saying to... about Star
0: Wars anymore. Like, it's... it's I... I...
1: I do agree, pretty much a hundred percent, with the,
0: the the blanket last Jedi review. Sure, I haven't I haven't seen it, but I because although I haven't seen it,
1: Rich Rich and Mike really liked Solo. So
0: interesting. Anyway,
1: Jay was the only one who was like, uh, "I didn't care for it that much." Uh, anyway, and I'm like, nobody cares for you, Jay. <laughs> just calling just kidding, you out, Jay, Jay, whoever I love you them are. All.
0: Uh, but yeah, the um if we get to, if we cut that out then what we have is they get to the maelstrom uh they get to the mining planet i feel like i'm missing something no that's right isn't it they get to the mining planet from or do they get to...
1: yeah
0: is the mining planet
1: another bit of fan service what fan service alex's fan service alert <laughs> wow on my phone um Beckett is wearing the disguise that Lando has in Return of the Jedi when he's oh, in the Death Oh
0: yeah, Neat little thing. I guess the idea is that that's just like on the Millennium Falcon floating around.
1: There's not, there's not a stupid line <laughs> where Lando where Beckett's putting that on and Lando says, "You would never catch me wearing that."
0: Or or where Lando says, "Hey, that's my favorite suit. Don't you?" Uh... You could do it either yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Don't, you know, it, it –
1: like I said, it, it, I, I could understand somebody saying, "Oh, that's kind of stupid that they had to throw that in there," but they don't call attention yeah. to it. It's not like the focus of the scene. It feels
0: like the same universe because they don't turn it into a glorification of the universe. They they just turn it into here's some elements from that universe you really like. Um. But my my overall point with the the pacing of the, the kind of not even the final act but up to that just like that sequence from when they get on the mining planet to end of the castle run they get to Savarin. I feel like because if you if you take out this there's a good five minutes where they are there's like more fighting that drags on on the mining planet because L three is getting hurt and then they have to kind of mourn for L three and they try to fix her um, that sort of thing. And there's yeah. a it almost feels like they're trying to play her death for laughs. Uh, but they 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 don't they they actually like drive into it and make it like oh Lana's actually really sad about this everyone's really sad about this, um, but then like later on they kind of back off because Kira uh rips like a piece out of her and and says like sorry and then runs off anyway. Uh, so they get on the mining planet. The the everything on the mining planet is pretty fun where they they trade Han and and Chewie as slaves and. Uh, it's a nice bit where Kira sneaks him the uh, the dice, the lucky dice, and it's 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 great because like, which
1: retroactively helps to strengthen the dice being present yep. in Last Jedi. Yep.
0: Um, and it's it's great. Who who could have seen that coming? And that specific moment is great because she hands it to them, and, and Han's like, "Oh yeah, she loves me. She gave me the dice back. Yeah, this is awesome." And it, like that's the kind of the expression he has. While while Kira's yeah. watching after her or after him, like just. Completely it's like, like it's
1: like that moment in a uh, dumb and Tumber where Jim Carrey goes so you're telling me there's still a chance <laughs> yeah yeah
0: here is is looking after him like oh god this is he's he's gonna get just horribly sure to let him down easy yeah yeah basically um and uh but but all that's really fun and they 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 break out it's it's excellent that l3 is just like I don't know go free your friends or whatever when she she knocks a droid out of the way uh, and, and removes the restraining bolt. Another reference! Little thing! Not really, like, at all, you know, called attention to because it's just like, oh, she has to remove the restraining right. bolts. That's why all these droids are locked up. It's a functional plot yeah. device. Um, And then uh, the, everyone's slowly just, like, starting a rebellion and, and the, every, the plan just going, like, into complete chaos. That's wonderful. And I feel like if you just have them get the coaxium after all the fighting... They roll you up you know
1: what's even better? Like we just have excitement for what's going on. It's not just like everybody's depressed and it's like, oh, we've got to, we've got to do the thing uh-huh. before the blue laser shoots up in the sky <laughs> and then we're all screwed. You know, we have a character who's just like, I'm so glad we took on this job, and I'm like, I'm so glad I'm in the theater watching this. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it's almost like it's fun to watch people have fun. Uh, but it would how dare you <laughs> it would be great if they got all the they did that they got the coaxium up to the ship and they took off and then we take off and immediately oh no Star Destroyer gotta swerve into the Maelstrom alright TIE Fighters gotta fly around and you know get get through the rocks And I, oh no there's the big monster what are we gonna do about this oh there's the maw oh we are about to go sucked into this weird black hole wormhole vac- vacuum thing ah we just barely escaped boom like that I feel like would be a, such a a more effective energetic stretch if we didn't slow down at any point um,
1: you could almost have l3 plug herself Uh into the the thing and then there's like an electrical shock or something and she's like oh it accidentally copied my my consciousness or something great ai my programming into the computer and it's like so there's still an l3 out there
0: or if you just but then we also have l3 in the ship I don't and know. if you just if you do something like oh uh, she's or the the has gotta like have this uh, this information like directly uh, uh, present so that we can use it for the navigation systems like we can't we, you can't just like navigate us with your normal systems like it's gotta you know we've got to make yeah. sure it's it's down to the millisecond so we got and so before yeah. beforehand she downloads her her database onto the Falcon like I feel like that would work just yeah. fine. Um. And and then you just have her be on the ship when when Lando flies off, and then she's out of the movie, and we don't have to worry about accounting for her in the final act. Um, I feel like that would work a lot better, and that's that's really my only like major quibble outside. I mean, and that kind of goes with the thing. What I said was my worst thing about the runtime being uh could you know a little bit too long. Uh, yeah. I just feel like you could, could cut some of that, and I think it would work better. Um, okay. You want to talk about all um, three, and then maybe we'll jump into that final act.
1: Yeah, uh, she's a social justice warrior, and I hate Correct. her. <laughs> See, I, I have a hard time. It, it, it's it's hard for me to decipher. If she, is it supposed to be like... Like, kind of a Holdo-type thing? I don't know, where it's just like we're just trying to be more progressive with what's going on... Um, and very of our current times. Or is she supposed to be a parody...
0: I don't think it's really supposed to be... Either. Or is it
1: supposed to be a healthy mix of both? Yeah, I think it's, I don't I think know. it's just
0: a fun character. Um, well, it's... it's
1: For me, For me, I'm not thinking about the movie that hard because, especially, like, I don't... I, I tend to not want to think about movies that are trying to beat me over the head with some political yeah. message or whatever, so I, maybe that was just me avoiding that to altogether. Make
0: a, to make a weird, uh, deep-cut throwback reference, sort of, uh, Hermione starting Spew in uh, the Harry Potter series. Very similar idea. Specifically the books. What, specifically Probably the money. books. Um, uh, where she's trying to free the house elves uh, and the house elves don't really want to be freed. Like, that's not necessarily saying one thing or another about political activists. Like, that's not why J.K. Rowling put that in there. That's That says a lot... Yeah. It has a lot more to do with the character than it does with Hermione. Er, or... Yeah. It has a lot more to do with the character being Hermione than it does with any sort of stance on... Equal rights or anything like that, and I feel yeah. like that's that's a little more what we're supposed to take away here is that it's just she's an entertaining character, and it's you know she's we we see her from the from the get go that she doesn't like droids being oppressed, um, yeah, and I don't know I, it adds a little bit of flavor to the the Star Wars universe in general because we've never really seen a droid who's like upset at the way droids are treated. Uh, it's played silly because yeah. this is a fun romp of a movie, but I think well, otherwise also it's. it's... Not.
1: <sighs> It's not a thing that just comes out of nowhere, because we know droids are abused in Star Wars. Yeah. And, like, they're thought of as second-class well, citizens. doesn't she watch that's a,
0: a droid get destroyed or whatever? When...
1: Yeah, because where they're at when, when Han, you know, plays Lando at cards the first time, it's Sabacc. Um, there's a droid cage fight. Uh-huh. Where droids are forced to kill each other.
0: Well, I was just going to say, isn't that one of the droids that explodes, uh, or whatever, or something, something like that, in uh, with the uh, uh, words Jawas in New Hope?
1: Oh, I'm sure it's one of those, or, or one that's like abused by Jabba in his palace in Return of yeah, the Jedi. Yeah, something like that. Just, same, same type of
0: droid. Um. Yeah. So it's a nice little bit of flavor. I have,
1: I have no, I have no problem with any of yeah. that. People need to. Get over it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it is. I, but, I, yeah. Yeah. I agree.
1: Can we not just stop and smell the roses? The answer is no. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the final yes. act.
0: Um, I remember watching this, and at this point in the movie, when we got to, like, Saverine, I was kind of like, okay, this is this has been a fun ride. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. And then we get to, uh, Enfys Nest shows up. She's like, I'm a girl, and another thing, not Ooh. not obviously. Oh, this is Jimmy Schmidt's daughter, or oh, this is uh, yeah, like Leia's older sister, or this is Mace Windu's half sister. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not. This is not Bail Organa. Um, this it's. It's Shmi Skywalker. Yeah. yeah, like there's none of that. It's Darth Maul. <laughs> oh wait, they did that. Oh, later that'd be in great, the movie. though. It's just Darth Maul. It's like, wait, what? Oh yeah, now he's working with the rebels. Um, it's fine. But yeah, it's just character. Oh, would you look at that? <laughs> we have a new character approaching. Um, and yeah, and she's a good good actress. Just. Uh, Nice little interesting side
1: character. Well, just well, just her whole thing where she kind of lays out her motivation. She explains the origins of Beckett's Darth Maul's organization. Yep. How they cut out the the tongues of every man, woman, and child, mm-hmm. and then you realize none of the people <laughs> on this planet have sp-
0: have had any dialogue. Yep. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um. And it's it, and then she she mentions that her mom died.
1: You see, it's because the people on the planet are the people she was talking <laughs> about in the story.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, and then and then the movie would have been terrible if she said that. And, and then and then she the the person the old lady draws the symbol of the Crimson Dawn on the uh, on the like piece of metal and yeah. Crimson and, Dawn and, y- what, and you recognize it's it. Yeah. And it's like ah, yeah. because oh, they made a point to highlight that earlier whenever it came up.
1: Uh, But I was going to say, no, 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 What you needed was a moment where Beckett goes,
0: (gasps) not Crimson, (laughs) gone. Well, that's what I was going to say is also. And then Chewie rips off Kira's (laughs) arm with the tattoo. And then Han goes, wow. Hey, Kira, maybe you should have let the Wookiee win. Uh, (laughs) But then, uh. Duh-da-duh, I was going to say... Infis Nest. Is it Nest or Ness? Nest? I don't care. Yeah, uh She uh, she mentions that, oh, the, the Crimson Dodd, they, they killed their mother. There's never a point where she like, they killed my mother, Padme Amidala. <laughs> ah, or uh Kit meteor- Fisto. <laughs> they
1: killed my mother Yoda yeah, yeah like,
0: <laughs> uh, but legitimately or what, what's the the um, Anakin's Apprentice in the Clone Wars 3D series Ahsoka, Ahsoka yeah yeah um, there's never a point where I saw an article where they were like oh uh, or an article from like some nerdist thing or something like that I don't think it was nerdist I don't I, whoever it was deserves all the shame so I don't want to like blame them unfair, unfairly but Let's say Collider. Yeah, that sounds good. Day. Uh an article about how that they they had a theory that she was Darth Maul's daughter. And I was like, "Are no, you no, 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 that's, dumb?" That's
1: let, let's let's not let's not talk down Collider. Let's let's say it's Heroic Hollywood. How about <laughs> yeah. that?
0: But I was like, "Are
1: you?" Then their clickbait nonsense.
0: Did, did you hear what I said though about the repeat they the, they said that she was Maul, Darth Maul's daughter. And I was like, "Well, how does what? Did you think before you wrote a thing? Darth Maul
1: got his bottom half <laughs> cut off. How does that work?
0: It's like a Thanos thing.
1: She's the Gamora to Darth Maul. I think he's missing some very important elements to make that process I'm work. Like Her legs. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, anyway, uh, they didn't do any of that. She's just a character she's a pretty good character. We like her. Would you look at that? <laughs> they didn't need to like, yeah, slap they, her they over they the be... promotional material either. It's just like, okay. Once again, this is
1: kind of the best way you can handle this. I have somewhat of a problem with Han helping the rebellion. Well, and that's and it's again, point.
0: it's the exact same thing of they they were in, very much in danger of going too far with that, I think yeah and they didn't They it was well also they didn't have han would you like to start the rebellion with me and he's like that sounds good and then we get like two more movies of han slowly like getting out of the rebellion and then we we like han has no idea when he arrives with the rebellion and the new hope or like gets gets associated with him he has no idea that that is the same group that he helped on savarine like I mean, to be fair, we don't actually know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, he he has no, like... Well, even, even further
1: than that. Because he has that, no I'm, faith
0: in them being able to, to actually, like... Call, yeah. he's, he just laughs. He's like, all right, well, I hope, you know, good luck with that. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, and his reaction also to them asking, hey, you want to join? We could use a leader like you. And then just be like, meh. Don't think so. I,
1: I think more of my problem goes to Kira going, y- you don't know what I know you're you're actually the good guy. Yeah. And I feel like and that this is a prequel problem that most prequel movies have. If you're trying to watch this before you are watching the original Star Wars, it's not a surprise when Han Solo comes in last minute and saves I don't know. Luke and
0: Because I I really like them them throwing that in there and kind of lampshading that. The fact that Han's and I and for one, it's the fact that Han's supposed to be the the rough and gritty guy. Um in New Hope and then he never really is um but I really like the fact like like he, there's never really a point where you think oh this is the bad guy he's just too charming and like too clearly one of our protagonists uh and I really like the fact that she says that but then he turns around he gets completely screwed by her and he shoots Tobias and he, sh- and he shoots Beckett which is like he shot first yeah. well first of all he shot first of course again fan service excellently done um but like I,
1: I like to think that George watched this movie. He's like, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good movie. I like I like Ron Howard quite a bit. You know, I, I he was in my movie American Graffiti. It's a wonderful actor, wonderful director. I got confused though. Suddenly Beckett was on the ground dead, and I didn't know what happened.
0: He <laughs> just can't process. He 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 can't process he it. That in uh, New Hope, he he's he he watched that again, and it was just like, what the heck? I I completely messed that up, huh? How, what happened? What happened to to Greedo?
1: Suddenly, he, suddenly, Credo's corpse yeah, was there. I
0: don't understand what I did there. Well, I gotta, I gotta go back and fix that. How did I miss that?
1: Yeah, there are photos of George Lucas wearing a Han Shot first T-shirt.
0: The man is an enigma. <laughs> the man is an enigma. Um, but yeah, so first of all, I said that's that's a great. Does he like his fans or not? <laughs> yes. Uh, the, um, but but that makes it like I feel like we're left with him in such a like darker place than he was like kind of when he started the movie where he's kind of the bushy tailed like man I'm so I'm so uh, naive and and ready to get back with Kira and start our life together and Beckett is such a great foil to him because of the fact that Beckett is him in thirty years. Oh, hey, we're gonna actually see that in thirty years, and that's another point I wanted yeah. to make. Beckett is him in thirty years, and again it goes back to that that i'm gonna finally play the valeord thing um and it's it, it really is Han is learning his lesson from Beckett a lot quicker than Beckett ever learned it, where Beckett always was like, "Ah eh, maybe I can you know I can get out one more time or whatever like Han's very quickly like losing faith and and it, it I think it sets Han up very well for where we find him in New Hope where he just has like no faith in anything, he's living for himself, he's a loner. He's solo
1: I think it I think it might ha! Uh, he did the thing. I think it might just be more the movie ends a little too optimistically for yeah. me. Like I wish they had played more into the dark ending. Like I think it's partly the fact that Kira doesn't directly screw him over True. in any way. She sort of just leaves. Yes. Like I thought at the end, just watching the movie for the first time, I thought, is he gonna have to like shoot her yeah. or is she gonna like screw him over Or or something. (laughs) What's going to happen here? And then she just leaves. I'm like, "Eh, it's a little heartbreaking. It's just... I don't know. I don't know. I I feel feel like like, their relationship... I feel like Han would almost be like, oh my god, was there, like, somebody else on on the yacht that I didn't know about? Did somebody kidnap her or kill her or something?
0: Chewie, let's chase after him! I think they play that well, though. I I did have one thought where I think that maybe they should have had Beckett... Because Beckett says, you can't trust anybody, including her. Like, you're still so naive. I feel like they should have had that be the moment where she starts to fly off. And then and then Han being like and then Beckett like like laughing at Han for being, you know naive and whatever. So that we we get a little bit more of Han's reaction. I think that would have been that would have been good. Um
1: Or even like she flies away and, and Beckett just shakes his head and says, I'm sorry, kid and that's when he starts to pull his blaster yeah. and Han just shoots him right then yeah. and there.
0: I think that would have been good. Um we do get a good reaction shot from from Han as, as she flies away. Um, yeah. All things considered, not, like, a huge missed opportunity, but they probably could have synced that up a little more. Um,
1: I wish the ending of the movie had been... had felt a, a little, little bit more tragic.
0: Yeah. And, and in the end, and that's something that's really interesting to me, this movie is almost a tragedy, because it's really about Han losing his sense of, like, wonder and optimism. Like, I mean, he's yeah. still got some of that, and he always does, but the beginning go like you can see, it's a character arc remember when movies had those oh right it was this year uh what but the <laughs> just like watching him go from like the beginning where he's just so like i'm gonna find kira and K- or kira no
1: tyler i'm used to batman versus superman where batman goes from being a murderous prick to a murderous prick
0: mm-hmm. great transformation
1: I felt it. Uh-huh. I felt it in my uh-huh. bones. I, I
0: cried. I agree. Continue. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the sort of thing <laughs> where th- th- there's a you can genuinely tell that he is he is a more broken, uh, cruel man at the end of this. Yeah, and I think that plays into the fact that like she. I don't think she ever would have expected him to shoot Beckett. Like the fact that that uh, where she says, "Oh, you're the good guy." Yeah, you, I don't know what you're talking about. Like you're, you know, you're 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 awesome. Like like you know, you're I'm too good also, for you. And then he turns around and murders his mentor. Like it's without without really, yeah, I don't
1: know. Also, feeding more into that as as kind of my problem, I feel like we needed a few more flashes of her going dark instead of them just constantly saying. Han, you don't know what she's done. I feel like we need a few hints, maybe, J- just in terms, just in terms of how she behaves in like combat, mm-hmm. where she's just like she is cruel. She doesn't just take people out. She she eviscerates yeah. them.
0: I don't know. I I kind of really because I like the fact that.
1: The, and I'm not saying necessarily that Han needs to see these things. Right. I think it would just That'd be, be helpful good for the for audience. The audience. No,
0: I, I do agree to some extent, but I, at the same time, I like the fact that we almost, like, we can almost believe what Han believes. Where Han is the entire yeah. time, he's like, "No, she. I don't know what you like." The part where where they they end up kissing, like she, where he's like, "I don't care what you've done. I there's no way it can possibly yeah. be that bad." Um, and yeah. he's just completely like head over heels, not thinking about you know sensibly about what she actually could have done and the fact that they've been apart for three years and she could be a very different person and like I think that's, right. a, that's a really nice thing for the audience to be sympathizing with us in Farah in terms of we we really want to believe that he's right that he can win, or, win her over and win her back um, and we already kind of go into it knowing that she's not going to end up with or at least they're not going to have a long term fulfilling relationship because of this and so it's like I feel like that is a, that's a great angle for us to come at it where, where the entire time we're like we really want this to work and may, maybe he can yeah. maybe maybe they get some happiness together but it doesn't seem like the the, the movie gives us just enough to believe it's, it's just enough enough rope to hang ourselves with like it's just enough to, to believe that maybe he can make this work and then everything comes falling apart
1: another bit of fan service there's the bit where she takes out the guy and then L3 goes whoa <laughs> Which I, I think is a very funny moment. And she's like, yeah, it's a Tara Kasai, Tobias, or not Tobias. Uh, uh, Dryden. What's it? Dryden. Yeah, Dryden taught me that. Tara's Kasai is um, the name of a Star Wars fighting game huh. from like the mid-90s that apparently is just got awful.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: But it's a reference. Side note. It's a fun reference. Her
0: final fight with uh, Dryden is excellent.
1: I love how the the real ending confrontation of this movie is in an office. It's in a dude's (laughs) office. It's not, we need to blow up the giant super weapon.
0: (laughs) It's not, oh, there's a proto-Death Star. It's, I'm
1: crouched behind a couch with my gun, and there's a murderous psychopath on the other end with, like,
0: laser knives. Oh, the the bit where Beckett leaves... um... First of all, that entire, like, plate. I love how all, all of is it is so clever. All of it is so good.
1: Well, just the bit where Beckett, he, he realizes that it's act- the actual coaxium, and he just shoots uh, Dryden's uh-huh. guards, and he's like, I prefer to be the only one holding the gun when I'm yep. trying to yep. think. And then he just leaves, and then it's just like, oh, Everyone God. Everyone immediately just shoots for, the,
0: shoots for cover. Um. Yeah. And then, and then it's it's the great like triple stuff of like Kira has has Han like kind of by the neck and it's about to kill him theoretically. Then ends up killing Dryden, and I she do kills have him. To and...
1: Question Kira's uh-huh. actions there because I feel like she could have killed Dryden Voss a lot quicker than that. Maybe. Um, just I don't know that that there there were a couple moments where I'm like. Can you just stabbed him in the back when he wasn't paying attention to you? Why did you need a well, moment? It, could, it and... could
0: just be that maybe she's not. Think- she's she's trying to think through. I mean, it, it yeah. it's very hard to read and very interesting to try and read their expressions when they're looking at each other when Kira and Han are. Because yeah. I feel like there's there's a lot going on there where it's kind of like Han is genuine because that doesn't seem to be part of the plan. Like Han is genuinely like, oh god, is she gonna is she gonna try and kill me? Like yeah. like he seems actually kind of concerned and she looks like she's actually concerned and like. And it almost feels like maybe she's trying to calculate, wait a minute, if I kill Dryden, this is a good position we're in We're in now. If I kill Dryden, I can send Han away, and then I can become the new leader of the Crimson Dawn or whatever, or right-hand man of Darth Maul. Um, right-hand woman. Sure. sure. Uh,
1: you sexist. Correct.
0: And I feel like that would work... I don't know. I I, th- I think it works out all right, and, and th- j- just in general, the way that she kills him with the the like weird sword thing getting stuck on his on his like laser knuckles and then stabbing him in the yeah. chest—that is wonderful. Uh, and then and
1: and all my all my complaints here are mostly just nitpicks. And I was going to say, like,
0: and I was going to say, also, you're talking about—it's a very fun, exciting yes, third act. Talking about the dark thing where she she immediately starts trying to defend where she's like i oh i i had to and he's like oh yeah or something like that where she's like i forget what exactly she says but she says something about the fact that she did kill him and tries to like gauge how han is feeling about yeah. that and he's like oh yeah of course he had to yeah 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 totally like just immediately does not even like get concerned at all about the fact that she just murdered this dude um right and yeah i i think it's i think it's played very well um yeah, yeah. And then of course the con- final confrontation he has with Beckett, where he shoots Beckett, and then he Beckett has the line we were talking about with the "I really was going to try and, and learn that that valid chord." That is wonderful mm-hmm. because it really it really does speak to the fact that like this entire movie is about Han being like, "Yeah, I just got to do." It's it's Han thinking that the one more job way of thinking works, where it's yeah. just like you got to just make the big play and then you can get out. And him immediately getting embroiled in all this smuggler stuff and this, um, mm-hmm. con- uh, confederacy, that's not, not the word I'm looking for, um, syndicate stuff where he's he's trying to, like, you know, maneuver that and, and the fact that there are all these big forces at play and he's gonna have to constantly be on the run. Like, yeah. it's immediately him diving into that and we don't ever see Jabba.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we get, we get the hints of him at the yes. end and that's fine. Um... They also don't throw in Greedo, which yep. yeah, or Boba yep. Fett, which could have just been the they worst. They mentioned
0: Greedo, and we don't yes, need to see any... They
1: mentioned Greedo. They mentioned Bosk
0: uh-huh.
1: at one it. point. Um, also, I love Beckett's line. Like immediately after Han shoots him, where he's like, "You made the right choice. Yep. I was going to kill you." And it's almost it's such a it, it's weird, that, it's that cool... it's that mutual respect where Beckett's like, "I I, I taught you something." Yeah.
0: yeah. That's such an interesting moment. It's so messed up. <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, I care about these characters. And it, and it has those elements of a tragedy. Can I get a Beckett prequel know, movie? Right? It has those elements of a tragedy where you're like... You, you, a tragedy is ultimately a, a story in which the characters... You know the choices they're going to make from the beginning. And you keep hoping yeah. they're not going to make those choices. And then they totally Even do. then...
1: Even with the... I think, actually, when you think about it, with having this as a tragedy and then thinking about how Han's ultimate ending I was, Force Awakens... I wanted to make it's that It's just point. all... It's just well, all super sad, and that makes it all the more effective.
0: Exactly. And if you think about, like... I feel like if you watched Solo, the original trilogy, and Force Awakens in a row, those five movies, I feel yeah. like that is such a... I feel like, for one, Han's character would be very consistent through all of those in a very interesting way. Um, but that would just yeah. be such a interesting, sort of very depressing, uh, but just ultimately, like, rewarding experience. And I'll have to I'll have to do that at one point, because uh, I, ain't, I ain't never watching those prequels again. Um, <laughs> uh, but I feel like that would be such a cool... You still
1: have your Blu-ray copies of them, correct?
0: Yeah, because I got the full set, so...
1: You have them.
0: I do. That's true. I'm not. I'm not going to sell just those three.
1: But what if it's the type of situation where we're, we're doing like riff tracks and we're just like making fun of it the whole time? Yeah, maybe. I'd be fine. My with, overall point. I want to marathon Star Wars, like all of them. Oh my gosh! I want to do it.
0: No, now here's my question. I guess you have to watch Rogue One before New Hope, right?
1: Yeah, because it, it Cause immediately it leads
0: into it. into it. But I really wouldn't even want to like, watch Rogue One again after watching this. Is this the... Yeah. Here's here's a question. It's the best prequel. Best prequel ever. Full stop. Is it the best prequel movie ever made?
1: Well, I can't remember. Had you... Had you previously named something else the best prequel ever, or was this what you were calling? No, no, no. The best I, I, had, ever? I had
0: completely forgotten about this this ranking that I have in my head because prequel movies are just impossible to make apparently for Hollywood standards. Because um, we,
1: because they don't know how to make it. It's either good or it's consistent yes. with with the franchise. You can't do both. Because
0: we mentioned first class, not consistent with the franchise. X
1: Men First Class is like the only good prequel, but its continuity is just I'd the worst.
0: Previously said that. Uh, Fantastic Beast for me held the title for about two weeks before Rogue One came out. However long that was, um, and then I think Rogue One was the one that for me held the title for a while because it does end, up, end on a powerful, upswelling moment leading into the next sequel. But now this one is like this is actually all I really want to see of the Star Wars universe before New Hope because it feels like Star Wars. Right. I I think I think of
1: any Star Wars movie since 1983 this feels the most like Star Wars in terms of just its spirit yeah don't at me (laughs) Rogue One sucks
0: it's fine Uh, it's fine but yeah I think this is the best prequel movie ever made and I didn't even think of that until I just I just had that thought because I've I've brought that up before, like with the Hobbit movies, uh, and man, who would have thought of that?
1: All right, Tyler, we've reached the two-hour mark. What's your grade?
0: I'm curious. How, where are you sitting first? Go go, lay it on me. I'm
1: going. I'm going B.
0: Interesting. Just B. Just B.
1: Mainly because I feel like. I, I'm subject to change, of course. Right. Um, I'm, I I don't know if it's going to hold up because I've, I've seen this three times uh-huh. so far. I don't know if it's going to hold up.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I kind of feel like it's going to. I, I kind of feel like this is only – I feel like people – this movie got just completely just bowled over by the context of Star Wars at the time it came out. And I feel like as people revisit this, just like especially when like the next one comes out and everyone's like, oh we gotta go see the Star Wars movies again. Alright, let's do that. Like I feel like that's that's something that's really going to shine. Just because this is such a I feel like it's timeless because it's such a fun movie. It's just yeah, a, a joy. <laughs> yeah. Well I And I think I, I, because
1: the main thing is I Force Awakens, I gave a B. Did I have you a really? hard time putting this I have a hard time putting this above Force Awakens. Why
0: did you get Force Awakens a B? Because
1: I'm, I'm a I'm a tough. What critic. did I get Force Awakens? I think <laughs> a B plus. C minus. <laughs> if I were drinking something, just then I would have <laughs> sp- spit it all out. So you're welcome. That that didn't happen. Yeah, you gave it a B plus, okay. and I gave it a B. So yeah, I I have a hard time putting this above Force Awakens. Um.
0: Yeah, I... Uh, what did I, I, I give the original Star Wars trilogy? Oh, jeez. Get, get back... Get Let's just me. run
1: through all the grades real quick. We'll have another episode yeah, yeah, yeah. where we just yeah, run through yeah. the yeah, grades after, after we've talked about Solo for two hours. Mm-hmm. Alright, Star Wars A-. minus, Empire Strikes Back A. Return of the Jedi B+. Did you... So, so did you end up liking Solo better than Last Jedi
0: yes.
1: fascinating
0: I just I, I will say well so, so two, two thoughts I was finishing up a thought or, or thinking of the thought while we were talking about the long term perception of this I feel like Last Jedi died for this movie since <laughs> in the sense that it took all of the Star Wars controversy and it just put it all together and it was like let's just blow this thing open And now I feel like solo can actually sort of just ride along a little and and stay low and not come under like a ton of a ton of heat or or controversy or anything. Keep
1: keep its feet on the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. and then see if I feel like over time, as people revisit this, because I think that will eventually happen, and and, you know it's just going to have to. As as you know, the the Star Wars universe will move on, and people will continue to watch it, uh, no matter what they say. I feel like as that continues because
1: words can't bring you sure, down
0: sure uh, <laughs> they get I get knocked down but then I get up again because you ain't never going to bring me down uh, and as as they go along uh, I, I do think this is going to find itself a, a more appreciated than uh, what the, the general consensus is I think people were just tired of Star Wars at this point when it came out yeah um, and so I'm interested to see how that goes uh, they should have released it in December they I really should
1: don't... have Especially with all the yep. reshoots, just push it back. Have December be this is Star Wars yep. month.
0: They were hoping for a Rogue One situation, and and it was it was just too much.
1: But Rogue One was oh, that's released. Right. In it was December. Yeah. Did they? That's release... what I'm saying. I don't understand. Flash, that is so weird. All the first three Disney Star Wars films were all released in December. Huh. I don't know why they did what they did, but I think Bob Iger. Like, he was like, yeah, I take full responsibility for that. That was my bad. Huh. But at the same time, I'm like, but I thought you're smart, man. Like
0: Bob Iger is generally a, a stand-up dude, I feel like. I, but, I'm sure but, there are people uh, who are
1: like... Well, I mean, it's it's not a question of him being a stand-up dude if he if he chooses a release No, 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 correctly. but I, I'm saying,
0: like, I, I generally, I, I, I respect his, his business making acumen, or business decision acumen, uh, even if he makes a mistake every now and then, which I'm sure there are some people who are just, like, vomiting... Uh, out of their eyeballs when I when I say that, but I I generally think yeah. that he's done a good job with Disney, especially when you see what Michael Eisner did to Disney. Anyway, um. So yeah, what what, what grade are you it? before I got to that? Because oh, okay. I wanted to say that. Oh, we didn't talk about the score at all. I mentioned it. <laughs> it's good. It's
1: very good. It's John it's John Powell who did How I to believe, Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon, and he also did X Men: The Last Stand, which. Mm-hmm. Is a score I actually like yeah, quite a bit. He's so. a very
0: good composer. and
1: it, it felt like Star Wars music. It
0: feels like Star Wars, and it's not John Williams, which is just a miracle. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's the same as like Michael Giacchino doing I, I, the Rogue I think One the score, better, where yeah. it doesn't feel... I mean, sure, but it, it's one of those things where I feel like they've gotten good composers who That's understand true. the Star Wars score yeah. and kind of what goes into it. So that when they make their own scores, it feels like it's in-universe. Yeah. It doesn't feel
0: out of place. Yeah. I have a problem, because I really like this movie. And I'm trying to figure out how much I want my... Because, my exi- like, literally the moment I put this movie on, I was just sitting there, like... I I mean, there are multiple times where I... Not, not just laughed, but just, like, alone in my apartment, I was actually, like, just smiling. Because I was like, yeah. that is a genuinely great moment. Um, so nerd. while I continue to struggle with my debate uh, I wanted to mention that th- something interesting about this is that with Last Jedi I talked about the fact and I mentioned this earlier in the podcast that uh, that movie I was like man they, there's a lot of really interesting stuff they're 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 doing with that or, or themes they're kind of bringing up and then Infinity War came out and kind of blew it out of the water in terms of the the same mindset like the same wavelength and same right. type of themes uh, but just did them so much better that I was like oh okay well now I have something to compare it to, and I'm kind of like, eh, maybe it's not an amazing. This is sort of the same way that I came out of The Last Jedi being like, that is my favorite, not necessarily best. I I, I don't think even then I thought it was the best Star Wars movie, but I was like, that is my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, and then this one came out, and I was like, wait, maybe this is what people like about Star Wars. And hey, no one's yelled at me for saying that, so <laughs> that's an improvement
1: it's because nobody's talking about solo. <laughs> exactly.
0: oh. And that and maybe that's all I want. Uh I made the comparison to you earlier that this is my uh, uh follow, following last Jedi or the 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 universe killing uh population dividing in half snap that was last Jedi this is my peaceful farm planet with my little scarecrow and uh and get to watch the sunrise and and a smile upon a grateful universe. Uh, that's what solo is for me. Um I really like this movie. What did I get the last few... Minutes? I feel like I've been kind of high on a lot of movies recently. And I don't know why that is, but it, it it's true. <laughs> like, I've just been really enjoying a lot of the movies we watch. watched. What have what I get the last few Mission Impossible movies?
1: That's because that's we watched the last few Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, 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 what <laughs> again? well, Rogue Nation, you gave an A. Ghost Protocol, you gave a B. And Mission Impossible 3, you gave an A-. minus. And then two, you gave an F, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> Do what your heart tells you, man. Just, just, whatever the Force wills. Insert stupid, nerdy dialogue to help you make your decision faster here.
0: I'm going A. Oh, my God. This is, this is actually my favorite Star Wars movie. Um... In terms of okay, uh,
1: I, I I can't follow you down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you're but going down I understand. a path I can't
0: follow. Uh, you're going down uh, a path I but can't I, follow. No, no, no. I you're breaking and my again, heart. It goes back to the fact that I don't really have all that nostalgia for the. Ver- I mean, Empire is the best Star Wars movie. That's I, I'm I'm not I'm not ever going to challenge that in terms of objective. This is the best thing. Um, but I think this is genuinely really 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 good, uh, and I mean I'm not. My grade implies that I think it's objectively better than New Hope. I don't know that I necessarily think that, but there is subjectivity involved, and there is also a exactly forty-year gap. You got that right. New Hope was seventy-seven. Okay, Um, almost forty-year gap. More than forty-year gap. Uh, Movies have studios have gotten better at making movies. Uh, In terms of production value, is what I'm going for. And I think in terms of acting, I, I think in general, <laughs> you're making weird faces at me. I'm
1: shaking my head at everything. Uh, no, but
0: I, I mean, genuinely, I think if nothing because else.
1: Because the old ways are
0: always better, <laughs> Tyler. Script is, is the most, is the, I think the only debatable thing. I think everything else has generally come a very long way. And because of that, it's easier to enjoy something that's made today if it's good compared to something that was made. And this is also, isn't this uh, Lawrence Caston? Him and his son, yeah. I believe, wrote it. And it, did they do any of the new Disney movies, aside from that?
1: Cat, Lawrence Kasdan co-wrote Force co-wrote. Awakens. Okay. He should have co-written Last Jedi.
0: Yeah, probably. And that's sort of my thing, is that, like...
1: I remember, didn't I... When we were walking out of the theater, didn't I say Lawrence Kasdan should be having a hand in every single one yes. of these scripts? No, that's
0: why, that's why I remember that. Didn't yes. I say
1: that when we walked out of the theater? For some I, okay. For the... Yeah.
0: It's just a ton of fun. You're making
1: me change my mind. We're going B Yeah! We're doing it, my man. It's the exact same scores we gave Rogue Nation. That's by hilarious. the way, I've given three straight B pluses. <laughs> two of the which were initially B's that well, I changed okay. to B pluses. Maybe, maybe
0: the next movie we watch will, will be a breakthrough, and you'll you'll finally get to that A range. Hey Tyler, what movie are we watching next week? <laughs> I want you to say it because I'm not saying it. We are watching Jurassic Lost World The Fallen Kingdom 3, the video game. Alan! (laughs) Alan returns. That would have made it better. Man. I
1: really do. I am very excited to watch this again.
0: (laughs) I hated it! I absolutely hated it! I should mention, dear audience, that uh, I, I I did not actually think this was a good movie. However, I am very excited to watch it again.
1: I hated it. I hate everything about it, except for Chris Pratt and Bryce sure. Dallas Howard, because what about, what Chris about Pratt's Jeff enjoyable, and I find Bryce Dallas Howard very pretty, and she's enjoyable as well.
0: What about Jeff Goldblum?
1: He's in it for like but 30 seconds! But you said you hated everything!
0: <laughs> what is it? Stop pointing that hate at my family!
1: Alright, I, I think yeah. we've we talked, talked about... so. We, this is one of our longest episodes, isn't
0: it? To, if we rant for another two minutes, we'll have broken the, uh, the actual runtime of Solo. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. We just can't stop talking about Star Wars, apparently, as much as I don't want to. Um... You can find us online. I'll just random
1: I'll just randomly start talking about Star Wars that's out of nowhere true. just when we're just talking about other things. Um You know, I was thinking about <laughs> Last Jedi again, Tyler. And that I, inspector My opinion hasn't really changed, but I want to talk about it yeah, some that, more that,
0: that Inspector. That's that's your uh, claim to fame. Uh you can find us online at herecomthesequels.blogspot.com. dot com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSQL. You can find us on e- through email where it's at herecometh at gmail dot com. You can also search for us on iTunes and YouTube, just give "Here Come the Sequels" a search. See, don't forget when, to like and subscribe. You said,
1: when, when you mentioned Spectre, all I have thought of was that gift that people post. Give us five stars! Everywhere. On Yelp.
0: <laughs> Did you say
1: Yelp? <laughs> Um All I could think of was that gift that people post from Mad Max: Fury Road, where, Matt, where, where <laughs> Max goes. He she shakes his finger, and then he goes. That's bait. (laughs) I'm like, don't egg me on with Spectre, Tyler. Don't do it. I just thought of an idea. Um, Maybe it's because we've been talking about Red Letter Media too much, where we do our own Wheel of the Worst, but it's of a bunch of
0: movies that we've already reviewed, and we take another look at them. God no I will not risk watching Mission Impossible 2 again sir what
1: will it be Tyler will it be Spectre will it be X-Men Apocalypse will it be Suicide Squad will it be Revenge of the Fallen or will it be Logan (laughs) just like just like terrible movies oh one great work of cinema (laughs) Uh alright everybody. Thank you for listening. I feel like that was actually pretty considering how long we talked, I feel like we talked about solo Nine,
0: for a great majority ten, of that. Happy New Year. We just crossed two <laughs> minutes, crossed in a few
1: minutes. Anyway. Alright, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll see y'all next time for one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> art is objective.
0: Nothing is real.
1: <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs>